this is one of the last ones right yeah we're on the we're in the this is it this is one of the last times i'm gonna hit this button home stretch this is it we're going home <laughs> or are we i don't know <laughs> Dear friends, uh, hello, vast emptiness of the internet void. Uh, my name is Leaf, joined by my good friend. Tess. Tess. I was about to say, am I joined by no one? Uh, and <laughs> you guys are listening to the podcast, Same Peaks, y'all. It's a podcast that comes out once every two, three, four, or five or so weeks um, <laughs> about the TV show Twin Peaks, um, featuring two librarian geeks. Um, we are... This is going to be a big one, right, Tess? This is the finale. Last week, we, we typically just discuss one episode per podcast episode. Um, and we're all the way to the end of the return. And last week, you requested mm-hmm. that we smush the final two episodes together into one epic finale as was originally broadcast back in uh, 2017. Back in the ancient times. I um, I got to tell you, I think it was a good decision. I think it was okay. a really good decision. Because okay. without getting into it too much, I think one episode, the, the 17th, felt like the finale. And then uh-huh. episode 18 was like the epilogue, you know? Oh, yeah. I like that. I mm. like that reference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, no, no. And also, if anyone is listening and they're going through the episodes of Twin Peaks with us. Uh, thank you for joining us on this journey. Um, and also, um, it was great that we got all the answers at the end, right? It was incredible. It was, <laughs> do you remember that part, Tess, when I was really surprised there was a part where um, Cooper sat down and looked into the camera and goes, I know you've got questions, so let me give you answers. And he took out this notebook and he said, so first of all, uh, who is Nido? And she was like, he was like, let me tell you. And then he told us, it was incredible. And there was like, who's the drink? bleeding man who repeats in the uh in the jail and then he told us it was yeah i mean i don't know if i'm yeah just resolution to absolutely everything <laughs> i'm gonna have no highlights because he just answered literally everything there are no <laughs> questions to ponder today uh, i'm glad you mentioned the highlighter i will pull it out i will say um uh i will need your help with my notes again uh because i watched this episode or well, these two episodes, by the way, we're discussing parts 17 and 18 of Twin Peaks, The Return, the grand finale of Twin Peaks thus far. Um, and that is, uh, I watched it probably two weeks ago and I wrote notes down and I was looking at my notes today and I was like, I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> and then, and then something additional happened while I was taking notes, my pen started to die and instead of getting up and getting a new pen, I just kept rolling. So, so some, some of the notes I can barely read. So 
I am. Um, okay. This will uh, be really I, fun. <laughs> I just, well, I know. I just watched it last night. So it's fresh okay. in my mind. It's I, very I really, fresh. I've rewatched the very last part a couple times. It stayed oh, really? with me last night. So interesting yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. um so i'm gonna be uh summarizing these the the finale and leaf will ring in with his color commentary whenever there's a mystery we'll highlight it with our trusty highlighter let me give it a click there we go it. and um but before we do all that we have our very special can you play the theme music for our sent for my guy phone segment Oh, wait, I didn't have it queued. Here, let me queue it up. <laughs> it's there, it is. there it is. <laughs> Hi from Guy. Hey, Tess and Leaf, gonna jump right in. Mm. The reality that Coop was Richard's father was definitely hinted at, but wasn't explicitly stated until the moment on the rock. So Guy also agrees with my theory that Richard Horn is booper's biological son um concerning the accountant that kills hutch and chantal (laughs) this is great i love this theory bobsy from the diane podcast has the best theory about him he connected him to the accountant at the farm do you remember the kind of creepy guy who was (laughs) I thought he was like an imaginary guy, but then he yeah. was a real guy. Yeah. Yeah. And theorize there's a league of evil accountants that may show up if there's ever a Twin Peaks season four. <laughs> real, I love it. Real quick, before we continue on with the email, what are the chances we get a season four? Zero. I mean, I, I, uh, I don't think anything is impossible at this oh. point. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I don't think this show did very well in terms of ratings. Um, I'm not quite sure if this show did well in terms of critical like acclaim, but I do know that it that I don't think Showtime regretted making the show. And I think that Lynch and Frost had fun making the show. And I think all the act most of the actors enjoyed their time. I did hear I did hear a little goss that, that mm. some of the actors did not enjoy how their characters were treated in the return or how much how much or how little screen time they received. Um, but for the Ooh, most drama, part, drama, drama, drama. Yeah, what? Ooh. Actors? Here, wait. Drama I'm gonna, with I'm going to make some guesses. It was Josie who was upset, right? She barely showed up. <laughs> um, and so uh, I, like, I feel like they might do it again who knows but um there definitely hasn't been any sort of like formal announcements or anything like coming out of lynch or frost or or showtime or or anyone like that um but i would love love a twin Peaks spinoff about the evil league of accountants (laughs) watch the f out of it (laughs) i mean in a way aren't we living the spinoff from Twin Peaks, right? (laughs) I was watching it last night with Amanda and without getting too ahead of ourselves, there was a part where she was like, oh, I think Cooper's leading Laura to to kill Laura. I think Cooper's the one who killed Laura the whole time. And I was like, maybe. I said, I think Cooper and Laura are trying to leave the story that Lynch is writing. And she was like, I don't know, man. (laughs) 
she's, she's like, I don't know, man. I'm just watching a show right now. <laughs> oh, by the way, congratulations on being named the world's best dad. That's pretty cool. You make that joke every time you see this moment. <laughs> I already made that joke. That's my dad. You've joke. made it a couple times. I know you've made it. Um, I took this, I had it in a meeting once that we were both in. You made it right before. This is a long time ago, and I think you've made it a couple times. It's a good joke, though. It's really good. Um, if we do have any dads listening that have a uh, world's best dad mug, um, I'm coming for you. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to like very nicely share the title. But you're no, like, there, it's like Highlander. There could only be one. Every once in a while, there's another best dad. And I have to beat him in a, what's a very dad thing you have to beat them in, in a, uh, like a pun off kind of situation, you know? <laughs> Like who ties shoes the best or something. <laughs> oh, well then I, I would lose. I'm terrible at tying shoes. So um Diane's scene where her head caves in and crumples made me curious about your thoughts on some of the lo-fi effects of the return. Some people thought this and other effects like it seemed cheap, while others enjoyed it. Are you two enjoying these types of effects? What are your thoughts, Leaf? Okay such a good guy dudeman such a good question i find this conversation so interesting because to me saying the effects look cheap or not implies that like they have to look a certain way to look like expensive right mm -hmm. i think it's the same argument we addressed this way back when we first started covering the return is the same thing as acting good and bad acting right yeah. i think yeah. to be honest like what does a cheap effect mean i think whatever is in this show was done deliberately on purpose. So I think usually the term cheap means that the creators wanted to look one way, didn't have the way to do it, and then they settled for something that didn't look ideal. Like let's pretend mm -hmm. it was um, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer, the Secret of uh, was it the Chamber of Secrets? There's a few scenes where Dobby isn't in shadow when he's standing in a shadow. Like I just happen to notice it because I'm watching it. That's probably not the best. Still looks great, but not what they intended. David Lynch, I feel like everything in the show is what he intended. So I don't know if the term cheap is applicable here, you know? Mm, mm, That's my yeah. opinion. I, my, my feeling about it is I think on first viewing, mm. I thought it was odd, you know, like just kind of like in this modern day and age when so many things are possible, um, even though this was a few years ago, um, things were still very you know, we had like Avengers movies with yeah. like aliens flying through the air and stuff like that. Um, it seemed odd that these effects were like, as, as Guy describes them, lo-fi. <laughs> like lo-fi is a very good word. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, now when I watch it, this is like my third time viewing The Return. It just makes sense, I yep. think, for this show and its weirdness for the effects to match the weirdness of the show um and if it looked more i don't know realistic it i just feel like it wouldn't make sense it would here's be a, out here's of place a, here's a great example um the jeffrey's teapot construction uh -huh. right? what does a real i'm using quotation what does a realistic version of that look like right like yeah. it, it is what it is same thing with even when bob's floating around like that orb and all that like what is that supposed to look like? It's mm. supposed to look like what it looks like, you know? I don't know. Yeah. And even little things like when Todd, is it Mr. Todd? Yeah. When he gets killed, like even that looks weird. Like it's not like a traditional, it's like a weird stop motion 
thing. I rewound yeah. it like twice, like, what am I looking at? Um, <laughs> but no, I mean, I can see that argument, but I, I feel like they're missing the point that David Lynch is trying to make, right? So. And then uh, Guy says, concerning the same Peaks Y'all ending, the ending of this podcast, there's more books. There's The Secret Diary, mm-hmm. Coop's book, oh. and other Lynch films. Maybe shake up your routine of same team y'all episodes. You can sneak in another same peaks y'all here and there. Just saying. Hi, <laughs> dude, man. You're such a sweetheart. We had talked about this, actually. Like, I think you and I had talked about, like, when peaks ended, that we could continue, like, looking at other David Lynch movies. Yes. You know? We did discuss that. We had also discussed, and I like this idea, but I don't know if we, like, now that we've done this, if we want to embark on a similar journey again, mm-hmm. but we had an idea of of doing this podcast again, but with me as the newbie and you as the super fan. So watching something that you really like that I've never seen and yeah. Um, having like these kinds of conversations again, but like roles reversed. That was another. And I think the show we were considering was Lost because I have um, not Amanda, watched Lost. Amanda brought it up last night because Amanda oh, was yeah? like, ooh, I should rewatch that. And she was like, you should do that podcast. And I was like, <laughs> that's how I decide all my podcasting decisions. What do I feel like watching? Um, I think it's a good idea. We would call it We're Lost, y'all, right? Yeah, that's a I good think one. that was. That's a good name. Um, maybe, I don't know. There's something to me about... Um, um, well, Tess and I, we've talked about, like, I like to try some other different things with the podcast medium. So I don't know. But we'll, we, the plan is, though, is once we're done this one, um, we will continue after a little break, continue Same Team, y'all, which if we have any listeners to this podcast, we have another one called Same Team, y'all, that's been on a break for a bit. Um, so we'll go back to that. And then I uh, got a couple side projects in the works. Uh uh, what, <laughs> that I don't know if I'm re- I I'm in negotiations right now. Yeah, so. he's not ready to reveal. I'm yet, not ready to I, reveal. I'm under I mean, embargo, actually. Yeah, I've heard I've heard a few rumors about the projects you're working on, and they sound pretty, pretty, pretty entertaining. So you, you're very sweet, that, guys. Also, Guy Dudeman, if you listen to same team, y'all. Which, um, if anyone does listen to it, um, Guy Dudeman wrote and created and birthed. Um, our theme song. So thank That's you, true. Mr. Dudeman. Um, but you'll know, we'll probably mention uh, Twin Peaks multiple times because it is a, a a stuff that we're loving constantly. And soon, Tess, you made your appointment to get your Twin Peaks tattoo, right? I did, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Leaf and I are getting matching Twin Peaks tattoos to commemorate this journey that we went on together. Yeah. And yeah, I've already made my appointment. I'm pretty excited about yeah. it. The... Um, <laughs> How do you like that Ravenclaw one? Was that good? I like that. Yeah, yeah. Lisa's is also considering getting a Ravenclaw tattoo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Because most of the Ravenclaw symbols or like logos are like too complex looking, like you know all this stuff. But then I found that one on the Wizarding World website. So yeah, it's, it's, it's legit. It's yeah. like a nice like minimalist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, love you guys. Super excited for the double sized F of same peaks, y'all sent from my guy phone and that was guy dudeman from it's happy hour in france another real great twin peaks podcast check it out all right are you ready sir i am and i'm gonna tell you right now like it here's the deal friends 
Tess and I haven't talked for a while, so that usually means more tangents. However, I know that this is two episodes, so I'm going to try to rein it in. Also, however, it's been a tough couple weeks work stuff. So this is like my fun time. So I, I'm just saying, like, I hope you enjoy yourself. Uh, we're just trying to have a good time. If we start talking about other things, just be like, hey, they're having a great time. Send us some love and kindness and then we'll get back to Twin Peaks eventually. Yes. Um, some hesed, as my people say, loving kindness. What is it? Hesed. What's the word? Hesed. It's a Hebrew word for loving kindness. H-E-S-S-I-D? H-E-S-E-D. E-D. I think I've read that, but never um, heard it pronounced before. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, send us so, your hesed. Hesed. Yeah. And... Um, if you if you do if we do get out on a tangent and you're like oh my gosh I tuned in to listen to you guys talk about Twin Peaks not the latest episode of Book of Boba Fett which by the way is a treat it's a gift it's amazing I haven't seen um, any of them <laughs> it's okay I'm so um, sorry you can always there's that little like that little button where you can like skip ahead thirty seconds in your podcast just do that you know it'll be fine it'll be fine all right we will never know just don't tell us like. <laughs> Someone sends in an email and they give us timestamps. So I listened from here and then I stopped. Then I listened here. <laughs> then uh, Leaf started talking in and then I stopped. Don't do that. Just, just, you know what? We'll never know. We'll never know. It's fine. Uh, we open on Albert and Gordon and Tammy and they are cheersing to the bureau. They're having some glasses of, of alcohol, some bubbly, um, uh, Cole is sort of kind, like, I guess, lamenting slash surprised that he didn't have the guts, I guess, to shoot Diane. Um, cause Albert and Tammy pulled their guns immediately. Uh, and Cole did not. And Albert says, you've gone soft in your old age. <laughs> and Gordon says, not where it counts. <laughs> What's um, weird about that scene too is there's that part where the camera pans down and we get like five minutes of just staring at his erection. It's really weird. <laughs> Do you remember that? It just like oh lingers. Oh my gosh, that must yeah. have been the extended cut. It I was the, well, <laughs> believe me, Tess, it was extended. It was extended. <laughs> um, Very artistic. Gordon has a secret. He's been keeping a secret mm. and he's now going to share his secret, which is that um, Briggs discovered an, a negative entity um, that they call Judy. And um, he was going to like access, going to wherever you can access Judy. And now everyone who was involved in that case, Briggs, Coop, and Philip Jeffries, are all in kind of a state of non-existence because um, we've got Briggs is like a floating head. Um, Coop is like in these like various fractions of himself. Is he a tulpa? Is it bad Coop? Is it good Coop? Is it, is it an alternate universe Coop? We'll get to that later. Um, and then there's Phil Jeffries, who is a, a, a tea kettle or... <laughs> I, I feel like... I feel like <laughs> I feel like we shouldn't call him that because uh, yeah. apparently Lynch wanted to Lynch didn't want him to be kind of associated with any kind of real life device, but you know, that is what he looks like. It, it also um, kind of looks like uh, 
when I was younger, my sister had really bad eczema. So it looks like a humidifier too. You know? Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah I so, can see that with the steam coming out. Yeah. yeah. And for the record, humidifiers help people that have skin conditions and tea is delicious. So I would say both of those things are very positive things, but I understand they also both exist in this world. And David Lynch really wanted to make something that doesn't look like a thing. Although I guess as humans, if you try to make a thing that doesn't look like a thing, we're going to think it looks like a thing. Yeah, right? we can't help but not like project onto like anything. Like for instance, like with animals, we project like human emotions on the animals, that kind of a thing. Speaking um, of which, first big tangent of the episode, and we're like <laughs> three seconds in, the um, that book you recommended to me on Goodreads, it's the the tree that time built. Uh-huh. The book of poems. They have yes. a very good one in there about how we name the animals. And the animals have no idea nor any care what their names are. It's very good. So <laughs> yeah. Um, so they're all not existing the way that we expect. And he had intel from Ray. So I guess Ray was giving intel to to Cole that mm-hmm. Booper was looking for coordinates. And then they get the call from Las Vegas that they found Dougie's hospital bed empty and there's Bushnell. Um, and he's like, uh, Oh, Hey, is that Gordon Cole? I have a message for him. And he passes along the message that Coop is going to see Sheriff Truman. Um, and, and then I've written down, here's my first note. That's okay. My mystery note, something about number of completion. What's that about? (laughs) You don't remember either. I I do. (laughs) Cooper was driving and he he had Bushnell tell Gordon something about, um, it was like the numbers add up to 10. The numbers are completion but i don't remember what the numbers were something about time or something um real quick before with judy it was originally was it jow day joe doe yes yeah and then over time it became judy now is this the first highlight that (laughs) is is this the first time we've heard of that jow day Yeah, I think so. We've heard the name Judy before. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is the first time. We, or was it in the secret history? I don't think it was. I don't think it was. No. So I'm a little torn here. Let me mm-hmm. tell you why. Because up until this episode, I could always say highlight it. And here's a mystery. And then later we could be like, oh, that was wrong. But now it's like the pressure's high because <laughs> this is the end. In theory, all of my theories are going to be 100% as far as anyone can tell, right? I mean, I could be wrong. Uh, go ahead and highlight Jow Day. Okay. All right. Um, so mm. they, they now and realize. Judy. And Judy. Okay. They now realize that Dougie is Cooper. Um, and Tammy reads off the exploits that have occurred in Las Vegas during this time. The car bomb. Um, uh, he's been hanging out with gangsters, <laughs> the Mitchum brothers. Um, Highlight her giving us that update. Okay. Um, he electrocuted himself. Uh, and then Albert says, well, that's weird, even for Cooper. <laughs> Good old Albert. I love it. I mean, he walks in the path of 
Martin Luther King Jr. and and Gandhi, you know? I think about him every year on Martin Luther King Day, which was uh, recently. I do too. It's so funny. I do. I think about him anytime I see a book or a movie about MLK, Jay, (laughs) and Gandhi. Anytime I see those things. Oh, nice. Yeah, you think of Albert Albert Rosenfeld. I do. I do. We get a brief shot of the Twin Peaks jail where Nido and Billy and James and Freddie and Chad are all down there. Um, and then we, uh, <laughs> we get a scene of Ben Horn. Um, he's gotten a call from Jackson Hole, Wyoming, and Jerry is in custody there. <laughs> and he's completely nude, and he claims that his binoculars killed someone. <laughs> So I don't know what happened to Jerry between like the last time we saw him and him showing up naked in Wyoming and like <laughs> he's um, traveled across state lines. He's highlight it for me. Oh, you got something? Please highlight it. Yeah. Yeah. He lost but his clothes. Is, I guess I'm glad that Jerry is, is somewhat okay. Like Jerry's obviously not okay. He's like suffered some sort of weird like a uh, cannabis overdose, like, um, which is possible if you consume way too much of it. Um, uh, but I am glad that he seems to, that Ben's going to go collect him. And we, we don't have to really worry about Jerry in terms of like, is he still wandering the wilderness? Like he's, he's gonna, he's in custody. <laughs> the police are watching over him and then Ben is going to go and pick him up. It was weird or- too. Cause the guy's like <laughs> send clothes. And I was like, wait, you're just going to keep him naked the whole time. You don't, you, you don't have, have nothing. It's like, you know, when you got like a kid who like pees their pants, you're like, let me go in the lost and found, see what I can find. You got no clothes in the lost and found? Or when they brought Nido to the Twin Peaks uh, jail, Lucy had that robe, you know, you know, so, yeah. Um, (laughs) Nido, classic. Um, We got some electricity uh, sounds and images. We see that oil beneath the tree in the Twin Peaks woods and the smoke and then um, and then Booper arrives there. And I'm guessing these are the other set of coordinates that he had. He mentioned he had three sets, two were that rock. And then I'm guessing this is the other set of coordinates. And when he arrives, that vortex appears in the sky and then Booper disappears. Mm-hmm. Um, and what happens next is like we see a scene Uh (laughs) scene of that theater that we've seen before we see floating briggs head do you need to get the doors there (laughs) no no one's here i just every once in a while i hear noises and Uh and then i turn my head to see if anyone's coming in but no no one has okay (laughs) (laughs) we see floating briggs head we see the giant and on the screen in the theater is the Palmer house. Mm-hmm. Um, and a cage is like sent through that tube. There's a cage and they send it through that tube. Oh, and it's got the cage has Booper's face on it. Ah, OK. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they maybe they've captured him. 
when in the vortex, they use the vortex to capture him and then send him back because the next thing happens is he materializes at the sheriff's department. And he looks confused. And, He's like, huh? Why am I yeah, here? You know? Yeah. And Andy is so happy to see him. He thinks it's his old buddy Coop. And he, uh, Andy's so cute. He's got like a picnic basket. I don't know what his plans were before Coop, before Coop showed up. Uh, All of this scared me because I thought, I thought we we're going to see some main characters get murdered. Mm, I really yeah. did. I was like, he's going to kill the sweetheart in, in, in front of Lucy. And then he's going to kill Lucy. And oh, no. I was nervous. I was Luckily, real nervous. Luckily, none of that happened. Um, or back did it? in jail, Nido is making like even more urgent noises. Do you want to give us a little bit of that? <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you. Um, mm-hmm. And then Billy, or the character that we think is Billy, the the, <laughs> the guy who's repeating things, he kind of passes out. And Chad is, like, happy about this because he uh, has a key in his shoes. And he was waiting for him to fall asleep and not be looking at him so he could get the key from his shoes. So Andy, all excited about Coop, invites him in. Lucy's excited to see him. She introduces him to Frank. Um, And then Andy has like a flashback to what happened with him and the giant. And he had like, there was this scene of him leading Lucy down a hallway and he kind of has a flashback to that. And then Chad kind of going back and forth between upstairs and downstairs, basically. You're doing a great job recapping. Thank you. Thank you. Chad lets himself out of the cell. He gets his gun from the locker. Um, Meanwhile, in Frank's office, Cooper, this new, this it's Booper, but they all think that it's Cooper. He refuses coffee. They offer him coffee and he says, no, thanks. And I think, that is probably, if it's not, if they didn't realize it, that's definitely a red flag. If Cooper doesn't want coffee, I coffee. think we can go ahead. <laughs> coffee's, the coffee is like a metaphor, right? A metaphor for what? Stuff, man. <laughs> Stuff. <laughs> Maybe. Um, Andy is looking for Hawk. Mm-hmm. It's very important. Um, Chad, uh, and then he goes to the jail, I guess, looking for Hawk and Chad threatens Andy. He's going to shoot Andy. Yeah. And, but it's okay. Cause Freddie saves him. But and Chad was going to add cop killing to his, right. I mean, Chad is the worst, just the worst ever. Um, you know, um, in minor spoiler for Matrix Resurrections, what what <laughs> Trinity's husband's name was? Tiffany's it's husband? Chad. It was Chad. Yeah. And I was like, ugh, Chad's. Chad. We don't like Chad's. If you're a Chad listening, we like you. <laughs> but the other Chad's? Mm-mm. Yeah. Poor people named Chad these days. Also, anyone named Karen, I kind of feel bad for right now. Like I did not I have I a really nice cousin named Karen. Like she's a real sweetheart. And I just feel bad whenever anyone's like, that Karen. I didn't know that was a thing until recently, you know? <laughs> so funny. Um 
Andy says he's got to get them all upstairs. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm guessing this has to do with the vision that he had with the giant. Um, he just knows that he has to have everyone upstairs. And so Lucy alerts Frank to a phone call. So Frank is kind of just in a staring match with Booper at this point. Um, and uh, It's two characters who talk slowly, talking slowly to each other. It's amazing. Yeah. It's, it's, like a, it's like a slow motion staring match. Like they're just like barely moving, barely talking. So props to Lucy um, for finally understanding cell phones in this mm-hmm. moment. This was the best moment for her to finally figure it out because she's like, Frank, you have a phone call. And he's like, not now, Lucy, I'm busy. And she's like, you better answer this. And so when Frank answers it, who's on the phone, but the actual Cooper who says that he's just entering the town of Twin Peaks and is the coffee on for him, which is how we know that this is the real Cooper that we're talking to on the phone. And this person in front of him is obviously an imposter. And Booper, I think, figures out, oh, the jig is up and he pulls his gun on frank but lucy shoots him what a surprise yeah and then um i've gotten written down stay away from the body i forget who says that who says that it's um coop says that so oh okay frank is kind of relaying it to coop by the way major props to frank because he could have easily been like what but i'm talking to you like he was being (laughs) he was on the down low so like he purposely said he was purposely talking into the phone in a way that Booper wouldn't know he's talking right. to Cooper. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, Cooper's like, don't touch the body. Interesting thing is he gets shot. Booper gets shot like in the back and falls sideways. Like, I don't know, physics. Um, and it doesn't seem like there's any blood at first, which is really kind of weird. And it looks like Frank's hat might have been shot too, but I didn't see any bullet. <laughs> yeah, like his hat, like his hat, like jumps up. But it's not I, like a magic bullet situation. I thought maybe Booper shot the hat. And Lucy shot Booper. I thought that maybe that's what happened. I think that's what happened. It was just it Booper simultaneously. Went, Booper yeah. went in like a different direction. Who knows? You know, I, mean, <laughs> I don't know. And then the room darkens and the woodsmen appear to do their thing that they do, whatever they, it is. They're, let's think about this. They're, they're getting blood out of the bullet hole. It seems like, I mean, well, actually... They're getting it out of his belly. He was shot in the back. So I don't know what's going on there. And they're rubbing it all over his face. Very good woodsmen. So they're doing a great job. Um, whatever they're doing. Um, whatever they're, they're doing, I'm, they're doing it. I'm in the middle of performance appraisals right now. So it's like, you guys, you've you've achieved all of your core um, goals, your core work duties. Um, they rub it on him. And then um, his belly expands. And mm-hmm. out comes the orb with yes. Bob's face in it. Yes, this dark orb with Bob's face comes out as Cooper is running in to yeah. the room, the real Cooper. Perfect timing. And with the and, Mitchum brothers. Mitchum brothers. Yes, the Mitchum brothers are there and all of the girls. <laughs> um, well, Booper, the 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 orb attacks Coop, and then it goes for Freddie. And and it's attacking him, and then Freddie punches it with his green glove and then uh like a a hole in the ground 
like appear like he does he punch it into a hole he, in he the punches ground? it into the ground like like a cartoon and it bursts out like fire shoots out and it's in the ground oh, right there's and you're fire, like and you're thinking and then it breaks into pieces yeah well you you think you think that freddie did it but then it comes up and attacks him again but then he punches right. again and then it breaks into pieces and they and I, you know, I just watched it yesterday. That's why it's fresh in my mind. And then the pieces like like dissolve, dissipate into space yes. or into yeah. the ceiling. And Coop uh, takes the ring, the owl ring, and he places it on Boop's finger. And then Boop disappears, and he lands on the floor in the red room. <laughs> And then Rodney proclaims, this is one for the grandkids. <laughs> Can you just imagine if you witnessed all of that? Like, if you just live your life as a Las Vegas gangster, and then all of a sudden you, like, find out that, like, paranormal, like, like <laughs> body snatcher possession exists. and <laughs> It's interesting to me, because I do think this season is overall more darker and frankly, more complex than the yeah. original series. Like there's a lot going on and a lot that is purposely not explained. Although I think that also happened in the original, but now we're getting like just barely a little bit of a story that we're never going to know. Um, I feel like it's moments like that that make it feel like Twin Peaks. Like this weird, like, oh, that was scary. What happened? Oh, here's the goofy, <laughs> here's Rodney. <laughs> oh, and like his expressions the whole time are like, Bleh. Bleh, what's happening? Yeah, what's, so what good. is it? Like it's so- What is happening? What is this? This is- Wow. And then at the end, it's just like, wow, well, that was weird anyway. Good thing the girls brought so many sandwiches, you know. And then Cooper asks for the room key. Mm-hmm. And then um, and then he looks at Nido. And then something very strange happens. His face becomes like superimposed on the screen. Yeah. Out of everything in the show this was the one part that made perfect sense to me highlight his face imposed on the screen please All right. and then go ahead and highlight nido just because this is the last episode so i guess i gotta say something about nido get everything out get everything out oh she's here <laughs> okay nido thank you thank you and here again like the the kind of like goofy moment to accompany the dark moment um bobby arrives on the scene and he's like what's going on and bradley says you took the words right out of my mouth (laughs) what is going on so Um, funny coop tells bobby that his dad knew that all of this was going to happen um and then he says some things will change past dictates the future these are some things that coop says and then candy and the girls arrive now they arrive here and candy says it's a good thing we made so many sandwiches because there's so many people there it is a good thing they made what kind of sandwiches do you think they are Ooh. Ooh. I hope they have cheese sandwiches for <laughs> for Andy. That's Andy, right. Because yeah. Andy, didn't we have a theory that Andy's like gone gone vegetarian? Now? Yeah, I think yeah. so. He's a good um, guy. Nido holds up her hand and yeah, like that. Here, let's do it to the side here. That's us. We're doing it. Yep. And then just like that, <laughs> Coop 
And by the way, if you want to see us recreate that scene, just look us up on YouTube and you'll get to see it. <laughs> yeah. Look up uh, Same Team Y'all, Y apostrophe A-L-L, the name of our mother cast. And uh, you're going to see our beautiful faces. You'll see Tessa's new glasses. Um, yeah. <laughs> you'll see this nice cardigan that I'm wearing. What else will you see? You'll see um, my nose. You'll see these eyebrows. You'll see my Tales from the Crypts uh, um, pinball machine in the background. Yeah. Yeah, very cool. Um, Nida holds up a hand and they go palm to palm, her and Coop. And um, then her face. Okay, here's some weird notes that I've written. You'll have to explain what I mean. I have written face goes black. Mm -hmm. Red room. I guess we Mm -hmm. go back to the red room. We see that. We see something that to me looks like the head of the tree, like the arm. Okay, so she is, I know, there's a lot going on. It's <laughs> He's looking at her, and then you see the image of the red room imposed kind of behind her. Uh-huh. And then it's kind of layered in such a way that it looks like you can see her, but then you see the, what's the name of that pattern? Is it chevron? The chevron, yeah. Yeah, pattern, like through her face for a bit, which to me made me think it looked like a smile like someone smiling through her face like uh, Sarah Palmer I don't don't highlight it I don't know about it though Um, and then yeah then her face like splits open which is very exciting and it kind of looks like that gross head thing that was it Dougie no who turned into the gross head thing I think it was Dougie I don't remember but then we see Diane, but it's a yes. different Diane. It's Red Diane. Hair. It's it's the real Diane, because I guess the other Diane, the Diane with with the blonde hair, was the tulpa, and then this is a Diane with red hair, red like the red room. Um, she's also got black and white nail polish on. Um, should I highlight that? <laughs> I noticed the black and white nail polish. Um... Red like the red room, red like. And then they passionately kiss. I know. I was surprised by that, right? Yeah, that was surprising. I didn't know they were so romantic. I was about to say, I guess that Coop and Diane had a thing before, which I guess the Tulpa sort of like, sort of kind of like told us that it wasn't like like when he kissed her it wasn't like the last time they yeah. kissed you know so they have you know had but this is a passionate kiss of like two people who seem very much in love with each other highlight it please okay and it I could am... just be oh go ahead oh i was just gonna say it just dawned on me once he entered like the real world like you know one episode ago shouldn't he have been like oh, annie <laughs> But we don't we don't have to worry about that. I mean, he's literally been like trans like uh, transcending time and space. He's allowed to forget a few things. It's yeah, okay. and like maybe that's it. Maybe that's why they kiss. Like maybe it's kind of like the hug at the end of Rogue One. It's kind of like we've been through so much together. Let's let's get it on. I don't know. <laughs> the hug at the end of Rogue One, I thought was more like. Is that like, more like we're dying? I want to die, like uh, not alone. See, see, I, yeah. And the thing is, is like if this is I any knew other, we were going to talk about Star Wars. I know. Yeah. 
<laughs> if this was any other like director, I would maybe chalk it up to a lot of movies have this thing where it's like we we made it through. So let's have a kiss. But they're like yeah. sexy kisses. I've talked to Amanda about this before. Like if I thought I was going to die, I mean, as much as I love like French and my wife, I'm going to hug her. A hug. You know what I mean? All joking aside, I'm not yeah. going to. To me, if you slip in, if you're slipping tongue, it's like you're ready to do the thing. <laughs> not like it. That's not a, a lovey thing. That's a give me pleasure thing. So like, it's always weird when I love Man of Steel, the movie oh, yeah. Man of Steel. But at the end, he gives Lois Lane this huge sexy kiss. And I was like, Guys, you're literally like ten thousand people died today. What are we doing? That happens. Um, that happens in Aquaman too. I think they like yeah. fight this big underwater yeah. battle of like like thousands of people must have died, and then yeah. he's like, "Get over here, baby." <laughs> Get over here, baby. Um, yeah, it's weird. So, but if it was anyone else, I would chalk it up to that trope. But it's it's David Lynch and Mark Frost we're talking about here. So I yeah. think it is deliberate. You I know? will say I completely agree with you. Like whenever I see it and it's out yeah. of place, I'm always like, "That's weird." But I will say I've been watching The Witcher, and okay. I don't know if you've watched the show, but there no, I don't want to spoil anything. But there's a scene where The Witcher and his love interest are fighting. They're like fighting in battles or like swords and stuff, and and then they like kind of turn to each other and they give each other like a smooch, and then they kind of start fighting the other direction. And I really loved it. <laughs> you know what though? That's it different. Made me really happy for that, some that, reason. That's a, like a different scenario though. That's like they're fighting and then they they're they're fighting together, right? Teamwork. Yeah. Yeah. And they, they kiss like, I'm glad you're here with me. That's not like a, it'd be different if they drop their swords and start like making out, like tongue in no, each other. No, it's just like, it's just like, let's just have like a real quick smooch yeah. while we're in the middle of the fight and then we'll go back to fight. You know what? I haven't that's watched. What, that's what should have happened with Ray and Kylo Ren. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Did you watch The Last Duel, by the way? Not yet. No, I haven't watched it. I, uh, so I finished that movie and Amanda was like, yeah, that was a movie. And I was like, oh. this, this movie for me, I don't know what it is about it. It, it, it did it for me. I liked it a lot. And I got to say your moist boy, not that moist. He was pretty dry the whole time. Oh, okay. Checking. All yeah, right. His, That's good. Maybe levels. he's gotten something for his skin. I don't know. <laughs> he's a, I get it though. Now that movie, the last, um, duel, last duel I get it. Yeah. I get it now with him because he's mm-hmm. got a he's got an intensity to his eyes and i'm like of course take me is what i say <laughs> take me let's just send let's just send some loving kindness to adam driver wherever he is right now um yep. so they passionately kiss and then coop asks her do you remember and she says everything mm. um and then the face that's been superimposed this whole time says we live inside a dream and it says it in this like we live inside a dream perfect and and then coop like the not superimposed coop (laughs) says he looks at everybody and he says everyone gathered in this room from his Twin Peaks days and his Las Vegas days. And he says, I hope I see you all again. And then the screen goes dark and it's him and and Diane and Gordon. And they're in the great Northern basement. And that tone is chiming. It's like a constant tone now, I think, or at least warbling. Yeah. And it's coming from behind um, 
a particular door in like the boiler room down there. And so uh, Coop takes that key, his room key from back when he stayed in the Great Northern 25 years ago and puts it into that like boiler room door and it and it opens and um he says i'm going through this door don't follow me and then he says i'll see you at the curtain call and then mike appears to him from behind the door and he's talking normally yeah and he yeah he's not talking backwards like he normally talks and he does that. Um, I didn't write down the whole quote, but it's the that um, through the darkness, fire walk with me. It's like, quote. So the, the magician does the thing. Magician longs he, to see. see dances dance out for me. <laughs> Two worlds fire. Jeff Jeffrey's stuck in the tea. <laughs> That's definitely uh, it. We did it. Thank and. You. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Josie was not there. Firewalk with me. Yep, there we go. Um, and then they walk together through the forest, which turns into a hallway. They go up the stairs. They see the jumping man. Which, by the way, so good to see the jumping man again. It, <laughs> it really is. And we've only really seen the jumping man in the movie. Right. And maybe like one other time in the return. Right? I think so. Yeah. I love the jumping man's face. It's <laughs> such a good design. I love it. This white face, this long nose. Beautiful. Beautiful. It's just disturbing, you know? And I love being disturbed. And then <laughs> I love being disturbed. I do. It's true. It's true. Yeah. And we get to the that hotel, that motel, I guess, yeah. um, where Philip Jeffries is. And there's steam in the room. There's clanking. Um, and then I've got some notes here that I don't understand. Help me out. I've written to, down. I actually like this. I'm like the translator. <laughs> I, I feel like I actually know what I'm talking about when I'm like, so this is what happened. <laughs> I've written down February 23rd, 1989. Uh, okay. I... Give me a second. Um, Cooper said that to him. Oh, okay. Yeah, Cooper said it. Is is that like the last time they saw each other? Maybe. That's what I'm guessing. Okay. And Jeffrey says, once again, it's slippery in here. Classic yeah, Jeffrey. He so funny. Jeffrey. This guy's hilarious. Every Christmas he comes over in his big tea kettle. And we're always like, and we're always like, hey, it's like the catchphrase. It's like, hey, Jeffrey's, how you doing? It's slippery in here. <laughs> um, was it cute uh, laughter? <laughs> you got um, it, dude. He, like out of his steam, I think, comes the owl cave ring symbol, mm -hmm. which then turns into an eight or an infinity symbol. Mm -hmm. um, and then I've got written down, you can go, you can go in now. Does Phil Jeffrey say that to Coop? Yes. Think? Um, oh, wait. Oh, go ahead. Keep going, keep going. Oh, Sorry. okay. Sorry. Then there's electricity and then I've written down black and white. Are we in black and white now? We are. Oh, Be before yes. then, though, the, the infinity symbol slash number eight has a, yeah. a dot in it. Oh, oh, that's right. And it and seems it, like it's moving throughout the, the symbol. It yeah. moves inside the symbol in a particular pattern. Um, 
it's important to note that that's what okay. he's saying. You think so? Yeah. Think that's important? Okay. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if we should highlight it, but I think it's important. And then we see the ceiling plant, the ceiling fan mm. blades whooshing. And um, it's so it's in black and white. And it's the scene from Fire Walk With Me where Laura gets on the bike with James and Leland is like creepily watching out the window. Um, and, but Coop appears in the forest, um, which he wasn't in the original scene. And he's watching real the scene. Back to the future part two situation <laughs> yeah, going yeah. on here. And he has to make sure that his mom dates his dad <laughs> to make sure that he can exist. You know, it's incredible. Um, he's watching this scene from Fire Walk With Me. And now the scene from Fire Walk With Me makes a little bit more sense because there's a part in the scene where she's, you know, she's talking all this nonsense to Jane. She's probably high out of her mind. And then she kind of like looks off into the forest and screams. And now we know that she saw Cooper in the woods. Maybe, I don't know. You look incredulous. <laughs> I am a little bit. I, I think she probably saw Cooper and screamed. Yeah. And then she runs into the woods and then we get this, um, this little James. shot of Leah. Oh, what about James? Just real quick. This is James and Laura's relationship. I love you, Laura. Laura, I love you more than anything. And she's like, you don't know me. <laughs> but I love you. I love you. She's like. <sighs> it's like a YA novel. <laughs> I, I love it. I love it. He's like, you don't understand how much I love you, Laura. She's like. Who am I? And <laughs> sane. Um, Leo, Ronette, and Renault um, are waiting for Laura. We get like a shot of them. Um, but instead of going to meet them, she finds Cooper. And she says, first she says, who are you? And then she says that she's seen him in a dream. And then Coop holds out his hand and she takes it. This is when Amanda thought that he was leading her to kill her. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, oh interesting. no. Yeah, which I thought oh, was interesting. that would have been crazy. It was Coop that killed her yeah. the whole time. That's what Amanda <laughs> said. And I was like, I don't know how I feel about that. Um, uh, in fact, Amanda, though, for that theory. I love it. <laughs> yeah, it was it was amazing. The um, So just to recap real quick, she, yeah. she gets off james's bike right yeah. and runs into the woods yeah. and in the original timeline she would have been intercepted by leo and the gang mm-hmm. and crazy sexy time ensue right mm-hmm. and leland gets a hold of her and then she gets murdered right but now in this new timeline he takes her but, by the hand and says yeah. we're going home well you home. what we see next is oh. the pilot I guess of Twin Peaks, like the first we we're yes. seeing scenes from the per- we see Josie doing her makeup. That's like the first thing you ever see of Twin Peaks, and Pete's getting ready to go fishing, and Catherine couldn't care less. Um, and we see Pete kind of go outside, and there's the body wrapped in plastic that we know Pete is about to discover, which kicks off all of the action of the original Twin Peaks series. But instead the body wrapped in plastic disappears. And then that is when we have kind of like a Wizard of Oz moment 
of it going from black and white to color. And then that's when Laura asks, where are we going? And Coop tells her we're going home. Um, And Pete goes fishing. Yeah. Good for him. He actually gets to go fishing this time. When he, um, when he got home with this fish, um, in order to keep the fish fresh, he had to wrap it in plastic. (laughs) Yeah, this time he's not gonna find the um, any body, and then, then we get this scene of modern day, like or modern day of the series. We get the Palmer House, and we hear this moaning. Fantastic scene. I love it. And crying from Sarah. And Sarah is just going nuts. And she um, she finds a, a photo of Laura, her her famous uh, prom queen like photo, um, and is destroying the photo. And she still seems to be like in a time loop. Remember a few episodes ago, like Laura was like or not Laura, Sarah seemed like she was in a time loop, like watching the same uh, boxing match over and over again and and everything. And it it seems like that's happening again. Um, And so Coop is leading Laura through the forest. And then, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, I um, should get a picture, get that prom picture of Laura Palmer uh-huh. And and frame it and put it at my desk. I think that's a great idea. Yeah. And like people ask, like, who's that? I'm like, oh, that's Laura Palmer. <laughs> but like it'll be one of those like if you know, you know yeah. moments, you know. Like, but if you don't, uh, everyone's like, Oh, is that your daughter? I'm like, no. They'll be like, who's this high schooler? Don't ask questions. <laughs> it's Laura Palmer. Don't worry about it. Um so Coop is leading Laura through the forest and then he, then we hear a scratching sound mm. and then Laura is gone. Um, we do hear the sound of her screaming and then the forest dissolves into Julie Cruz performing the world spins uh, with red curtains behind her and the credits roll Um this song, by the way, was written by David Lynch. I'd forgotten that Julie Cruz and David Lynch collaborated like very closely during the 90s together. And this episode is in memory of Jack Nance, who is the actor who played Pete Martell. Um, um, I collaborated with Amanda once. <laughs> and we produced Freya. <laughs> so... an an amazing work of art yeah um and that is the end of part 17 the noise when laura disappears sounds like the one from the record player right that the giant yeah okay it does and then it reminded me of your theory of like pulling someone out of the tv show um uh, and I guess we can discuss that later as yeah. we get into part 18. I think which... this one actually might go by fast because I think 90% of this episode is driving in silence. <laughs> right? <laughs> A lot of this episode is driving in the dark, which, Hess, you know me. You love it. Jeff's you kiss. love it. Yeah. I love it. Just more driving in the dark, please. You know, um, real um, quick is when yeah. I was watching this last night, I had hit um, 
play all, like, you know, play both episodes. And when the Julie Cruz part came up, I got concerned that it played both episodes because I wasn't keeping track of time. And I was like, uh because that felt like the end. Like, I was like, oh, it's her again. And this is where we're at. And I was like, okay. Um, But then I was excited to see, no, we did have another episode, a jam packed episode. Yeah. The most action packed episode I've ever seen in my life. It was incredible. (laughs) It starts with Booper on fire in the red room and um mike puts the seed um that little gold ball and cooper's hair um remember he gave him some hair on a chair and the seed absorbs the hair and then it makes another coop and then that coop I I presume shows up at Dougie's home because we have this really cute homecoming scene where Jamie E and Sunny Jim go to embrace Dougie, who they they think it is Dougie, and so he's still skinny, Dougie. Yes, yeah, he didn't come back heavy. It's just a tulpa of Cooper, and um, I guess that tulpas can gain weight and dye their hair and um, all of these things, Uh, and that's how Dougie ended up looking like Dougie. But um, now they have their very own Dougie, which I I thought was sweet because Cooper knew he wasn't gonna be able to come back, but that they deserved like a, a sweet father figure in their life. I mean, when you think about it, Dougie like made everybody's life better. So, um, yeah. yeah. I, so, I hope he doesn't go back to gambling though, right? Oh gosh, I hope not. This is yeah. a new Dougie though. This is a new Dougie. Yeah, so the other one was, I guess, actually a tulpa of Booper. Yeah. So he would have been a bad Dougie, whereas this is a tulpa of Cooper. So it's going to be a good Dougie. It's yeah. going to be a Dougie that makes everyone's life better for the listeners I have my window open I'm going to close it so you're going to hear some noises (laughs) if you hear any noises it's just a metaphor (laughs) a metaphor for what we don't know (laughs) it's very Lynchian what I just did (laughs) um so we go back to that scene of Coop leading Laura and the scratching and there's a whooshing noise and then the screaming noise and then uh, the screaming suddenly stops. And then I've written clicks. Is there a clicking noise too? Say that again. Um, Where are we at where they're screaming? So we kind of go back. There's like a little flashback to that scene of Coop leading Laura through the woods. Oh, yes. And we hear the scratch and then like a whooshing noise mm-hmm. and then her screaming and then the screaming stops and then there's a clicking noise. Yeah. Um, and then in the red room, Mike says, is it future or is it past? Um, which suddenly has like a lot more meaning to like, he said this before, but I feel like after you see the events play out of this episode, it feels like it has a lot more meaning. Um, and then I've written disappears. Is that Mike? Does Mike disappear? And yeah, then Mike. The, an empty chair. Mm-hmm. A, I've written appears in the corner. Who appears in the corner? Does the chair appear in the corner? The chair. I no. They just look <laughs> at the chair. They look at the oh, chair okay. for a bit. And then Laura comes back. Oh, and we Laura see. Here in the I believe we see the scene where she whispers something to him. Oh wait! Then, well, first, oh. first though, before that happens, Coop 
goes through some curtains and then he sees the arm slash electricity tree, the non-existence, um, who says it's the story of the little girl who lived down the lane, which is significant for some reason, because Audrey also said that at some point, remember she was talking to Charlie and Charlie said something, I'll write you out of the story or something like that. And she said, what is that? The story of the little girl who lived down the lane, which didn't make any sense when I saw it. And it still, I guess, doesn't make any sense, but it's a re- it's a recall to something from earlier. And it's like, okay, that was kind of weird. Um, and maybe not the last time we hear that line uttered. Um, and then, then we see Laura whispering in Coop's ear and then screaming as she's pulled out, um, again, like, uh, we saw earlier in the series. And then Coop walks into a room with Leland in it. Yeah, Ray Weiss in the house. And he tells him to find Laura. And then I've written down tone question mark. Do we hear the tone again? <laughs> I think we do. There's a lot going on in these scenes. And then curtains rustling and then the forest. And then, uh, so I guess Coop has successfully exited the yeah, red room this he, time. He goes through the curtains and he's kind of in the hallway where he met the anti-arm. Mm-hmm. Do you remember? And mm-hmm. where yeah. he originally went through and he, he could see Booper driving his car yes. before he vomited all over himself yeah yeah but instead of being thrown through this time he just walks through he walks through and he finds diane who asks um is it really you and he says yeah it's really me and the curtains disappear and this is um what i take to be glastonbury grove from the original series like where you can enter and exit the red room and then we see Diane and Coop in a car and it's, (laughs) and they're on a, like a desert highway. Um, I believe it's the same one that Booper was driving um, in that scene you just referenced where he throws up and Diane asks if he's sure that he wants to do this, which I mean, this was, I remember watching this and being like, what is happening right now? Like they were in Twin Peaks and, and now they're on and, that, and they're talking about something like as if they've already talked about it, but I didn't hear them talk about it. Um, so she asked if he sure he wants to do this because you don't know what it'll be like. And um, they're, they're driving and Coop feels like they're at that point, almost exactly 430 miles. I like not the miles, but are you sure you want to do this for me? Please? Okay. I don't know about the, the miles. That's really interesting. Yeah. Um, and she's like, she seems hesitant to go on this journey. And she's like, just think about it, Coop. Um, and then Cooper gets out of the car and he can, it's almost like he can hear electricity in the wire. There's all these like electric wires um, um, and they're crackling. And he's like, this is the place. And then um, they, they kiss because it's important for them to kiss because once they cross, it could all be different. And then they say, let's go. Those famous Twin Peaks words. I like, um, it's gonna be all different for me, please. 
Like you're doing phenomenal. This is your last yeah. episode. We'll have a recap, right? Well, well, I guess we'll recap the dossier. The final yeah. dossier. Yeah. It's, di- it's different though. It'll be different. Yeah. It'll be different. Things well, are going to change. Cross, it'll be different. <laughs> yeah. Once we cross, things are going to be different. Once we cross this podcast. Such a um, good, this is a very good show. Very good. <laughs> oh my goodness. Suddenly it's night out and they're driving in the dark your favorite my favorite and they get to a motel and cooper gets out diane stays in the car does it look like the motel that he went to to see jeffrey's um it's hard because it's hard because question i mean no offense and hashtag not all motels but (laughs) the same two motels look the same i guess i have motel blindness as well (laughs) Or no, I think you're, I think you're correct. I think all motels kind of look alike. I'm not trying to be motelist. If if anyone's listening, that (laughs) is. If any motels are listening. If any moteliers are listening. Oh, um, motelier. (laughs) Yeah. If any moteliers are listening, I'm sure your motel is a very good motel. You know, that's what I've heard motel of your place. Yeah. This one looks a little seedy though. And, um. Speaking of CD, I'm going to stay at a CD motel tomorrow night. Oh, really? Why? Because I had to drive a bit to get to the ice climbing. you're going ice climbing. Yeah. Yeah. So Amanda found me a, well, I don't know if it's CD. I looked at pictures and it looks a little terrifying, but um, she said the reviews are real good. So uh, yeah, they're all like uh, great service. They, uh, the maids cleaned up my murder scene for me. (laughs) Um, would recommend to all other axe murderers. And I was like, oh, well, this is great. This is really good. Um, so anyway, that's where I'm saying. But yeah, uh, for listeners, I'm going ice climbing. All Friday. right. Well, I'm very excited. I hope that when you're there, you don't see another version of yourself come out from behind a pillar, which is what Diane witnesses. You're so good um, at these segues. Highlight her, by the way, please. Okay. The other which one, her in the car or her coming out from behind a pillar? Highlight her coming out from behind the pillar. Also, highlight her in the car. Okay. Um, Coop, uh, I you presume that he went in to get a room, and then he comes out and he kind of stands and waits by a door and to the to a room, and she joins him, and then he tells her they go into the room, and she turns on the light, and he tells her turn off the light. And then she says, what now? And he says, come over here to me. And um, he says her name, Diane, and they kiss. Diane. And uh, the song that plays in this moment is the same song. It's My Prayer by the Platters, which is the same song that was featured heavily in episode eight, the like kind of notorious episode of twin peaks the return and then they have sex and this is a very um uncomfortable sex scene i don't know how you felt about it but i felt uncomfortable because coop seems unresponsive um he seems like he's just kind of laying there letting it happen diane looks pained honestly she's crying at one point she's covering his face with her hands like she doesn't want to look at his face um it's a very uncomfortable scene i um 
I loved it. It was phenomenal. You loved it. <laughs> I loved it. It was very uncomfortable. Oh, I, I don't know if the word is uncomfortable. It was disturbing, certainly, but um, I love being disturbed. It was. Great. I know you do, and I, I think you also love feeling uncomfortable too. Like we talked, we talked um, before about how you like like very cringe humor shows, like The Office. Um, I've got another one for you, by the way. Cringe humor, Righteous Gemstones. I've HBO. seen that on each. I saw the ad for it on uh, yeah, HBO. Yeah, it's a very, Max. very funny show, but a lot of the humor of the show comes from you going like, oh gosh, don't do that. Oh no. Oh, he did it. Why did you do that? <laughs> Real quick, before we talk about the sex scene. Yeah. <laughs> um, Coop, since he's come back from the Red Room, uh-huh. in, in fact, I would say probably since Bob died, is acting not exactly like Coop, right? In little ways, like the when, when he tells her to kiss him mm-hmm. and also when he's in the, when he tells her to come to him, like mm-hmm. to me, I actually got a little nervous because I felt like he was acting like Booper a little bit, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if there's anything going on there. Um, and then they have sex. And yes, the camera is is all up on her, her spine and her 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 wet skin and it's all like white in the in the light and his face is just he's like a like just a, a dead person yeah and he doesn't look at all if we were to contrast this scene another time when he's done uh girl on top ayo is um with his <laughs> former with wife Janie, e. Janie e. yeah he looked very happy and yes, she did. looked like she was very happy and she mm-hmm. said i love you um in this scene no one looks happy. He no. looks he looks bored. She looks like she's in pain. Um yeah, that's a really great scene to contrast yeah. this with. Yeah. Should we do a uh who did the uh the <laughs> parallel scenes? Yeah, we should. That's- Actually, that's not a bad idea, right? See how I wonder, I wonder if it already exists somewhere, actually. It might. It's it's funny, and I, I feel bad. Well, I want to say I feel bad admitting this, but you know what? We're just friends here. This scene, it was disturbing, but I thought it was disturbing kind of a hot way. I really liked it. I, I really did. Like, I kind of like, I mean, I'm not in the situation. Like, I'm not that guy. I'm not that girl, but I'm watching. I was like, heck yeah. No one likes this, but you know what? This guy does. Yeah. <laughs> Look at you. It worked for me. I liked it. Um, Brett watched this um, finale with me. Um, yeah, he just didn't have anything to do that day. So he was watching this with me. And, the doors uh, were locked. He couldn't leave. You had him handcuffed to the table. <laughs> well, it's so funny because um, he has his own theory about like what all of this show means. And we'll talk about that at the end. Yeah. Um, but during this scene, he was he was just like, I don't, why is this happening? Like, I don't understand why this is happening. And I, my theory as to why this is happening is um sex magic i think they had to conjure or summon or cast a spell of some sort and this is the way that they accomplish it and it's almost like they knew that they had to do it like they didn't want to do it but they knew that they had to like Um, it was utilitarian or like we need we need to do this hey what time is it oh it's time to have sex magic okay yeah (laughs) Yeah, because like we we learned about sex magic in the secret history, and I don't remember them saying that pleasure was important to the the spell casting, just like 
the sex part. So that that was my theory about what was happening there. How many people have we seen have sex in the show? Um, what's his name and what's her name in the cube room? Yeah. Dougie. Dougie and Jamie E. Cooper just now. Yeah. I, Probably no one in the it. Twin Peaks. Because well, in original Twin Peaks, we kn- I don't think we saw them have sex, but we knew that Ben and Catherine were having sex. We knew plenty of sex was happening at One-Eyed Jacks. Uh, oh, yeah, that's true. I'm just curious. Oh, Audrey and John Justice Wheeler got it on. It was her first time. We know yeah, that. it was in the airplane. Yeah, Somebody was... had sex with Lucy because she had a baby. <laughs> we still never found out who, right? We, never, we still don't know. Also, we never saw Dick Tremaine. That's the real travesty. Oh man. I would have lost my mind if at the end he opens the door and Dick Tremaine was there. He's like, hello. <laughs> hello. Holding his son. He's there. He's, and, and little Nikki's like a full grown man, but he's like wearing the devil costume. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. But it is interesting. Also, just an observation. Uh, I'm going to make a prediction about David Lynch. I think he's a big fan of the girl on top position because now I think oh. of it. <laughs> You're on top for both of those. And then also even in the cube room, right? She's like, you know what? You sit down. I've got this, you know? <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Oh my goodness. David, oh. David Lynch, um, you want to tell us what's the significance of the girl on top position? <laughs> I'll never tell you. What do you think it means? I was like, okay, David Lynch, you got it. Um, the morning after, or what we can presume is the morning after. Oh boy. All by himself. And he calls out to Diane, um, but she's not there. There is a note on the side table and it is um, directed to Richard. Dear Richard. um, uh, (gasps) Dick Tremaine. Richard. (laughs) There's another Richard on the show. There's actually two other Richards of note. There's Richard Horn. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's also at the very beginning of the series, the giant tells us to remember the names of Richard and Linda. Oh, well, that's convenient. And, okay. And here it is in the note. Good thing I remembered that. Richard and signed by Linda. And the re- and she, she's not going to be with him anymore because she says, I don't recognize you anymore, Linda. And then... And then um, I, I guess I presume at this point, I feel like our mysteries and our commentary are going to kind of align at this point. It's okay. I presume we're in an alternate universe. I just saw Spider-Man 3, so I've got lots of alternate universes on the brain. And I presume that we're now in an alternate universe where Coop is Richard and Diane is Linda. Um and I guess when Coop, my guess is that when Coop s- stopped Laura from being murdered, he created like an alternate universe where that never happened. Um, I don't know. We'll keep going and <laughs> we'll circle back to it. Yeah. <laughs> um, we see that we're in a town called Odessa. Um, Odessa, Texas. Odessa, Texas. Famously featured in the show Heroes. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. And um, two, let me think, at least two actors in the show showed up in Heroes as well. So Interesting. David Lynch, a big Heroes fan. Yeah, you know? obviously. Obviously. 
Um, and then uh, Coop is driving through Odessa. He stops at a coffee shop called Eat at Judy's. Mm-hmm. Judy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a waitress comes over to the table because he, he gets out. He goes in the coffee shop. Waitress pours coffee for him. And Coop asks, is there another waitress here? And she's like, yeah, she's on her day off. And then there's some guys in a booth and they manhandle the waitress. They're not good guys. And then, and Coop kind of tells them to stop doing that. And so they come over to confront Coop. And you're right. I feel like it has, at this point, you noticed it earlier than I did. At this point is when I first noticed that Coop is acting uncoop like and this next scene kind of really like rings in like this is not the cooper that you're used to um those guys come over to confront him they have guns um welcome to texas yeah welcome to texas we've all got guns and so they pull a gun on him he takes his gun he pulls his other gun out of his because he's got a gun because he's in the fbi he pulls out his gun he shoots the guy, uh, he, uh, what I wrote, he kicks one guy and shoots another guy yeah. and then tells the other guy, because there were three guys, to put his gun on the ground, which he yeah. does, because everyone's got a gun. And that guy, well, he was like, I don't got a gun. And he was like, put your <laughs> yeah. gun on the ground. He was like, ah, you got me. Yeah. You um, shucks. By the way, the whole time this is happening, uh, I kept getting distracted because there's just a couple eating their breakfast in the background. They're like not paying attention. And I guess this happens all the time in Texas. I don't know. Welcome to Texas, man. <laughs> um, Coop comes around the bar. He collects all of the guns from the bad guys. Hello, comes- I'm the gun collector. Excuse me. <laughs> I'm here to collect the guns. He comes around the bar and he tells the waitress to write down the address of the other waitress. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> he's like, where do these fries go? <laughs> She's like, you can hang them there. So he, he makes sure that the fries are okay. He takes the fries out and then he dumps all of the guns into the hot oil that was frying. So at first, so, so this whole time I'm thinking in my head, it was like, is he good coop? Is he bad coop? At this point, does it matter? You know? And then my first thought was like, oh, he's good coop because he's making sure the fries are okay. I was That's like, what oh, I thought too. What I was heart. like, he's saving the fries. That's a very coop thing to do. But then he dunks all of the bad guy's guns into the oil. I thought he was going to like hang them up and then like salt them and season them. <laughs> and it's like, you know, I need to take care of this. I can I, excuse me, these are some damn fine fries, you know? (laughs) And then, um, so he gets the address and he's like, it's okay, I'm with the FBI. Because everyone's looking at him like, who the hell are you? He's like, I'm with the FBI, it's okay. Which by the way, Um, anyone listening, if you work somewhere and a guy's like, I'm at the FBI, just give me a coworker's address. Maybe talk to someone else first before you do that. Just your coworker would appreciate that, you know? (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I mean, at the library, we know we don't do that. We don't. I'll be Absolutely like, uh, would never happen at the library. No. Would, have you ever been asked for a patron information from a police officer? Um, uh, I have not, but I know that if they did ask for it, I wasn't. I'm not allowed to give it. That's to exactly them. right. Can I tell you, I have twice. twice. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. One time someone called and they asked for specific information or a police officer came in person and asked for specific information about a patron. I gave them our director's 
information yeah. and he took it from there and another guy called and he was like he said something either like i'm at a murder scene or something and it sounded very real but i don't know if he was messing with me and he was like i found a library card and we're really trying to catch this guy he goes do you guys have the ability to look up a person's address if i gave you this number and i was like we do but i cannot do that he goes can you just tell me if this is a valid card or not and i was like I think I can do that. You know, he gave me the number. I can tell him if it came up as anything or if it came up as nothing. Cause I did tell him yeah. there's a chance it could be an old card, you know, it might be out right, of system. Right. And so I said, I can just tell you if it is a real card or not. I mean, no matter what, I'm going to have to refer you to my director. And yeah. he gave it to me and came up as nothing. So I said, it's nothing. Uh, he was, uh, okay. And he was really broke. He was really beat up. He was like, ah, I thought we were going to catch this guy. And I was like, uh. Yeah, I know, right? Very oh exciting. God. Two times, right? So dramatic. I know. It's very, yes. very cool. Anyway, the answer is uh, libraries. No, we don't play. Absolutely we don't play that game. Not. We don't care. I don't care if um, director of FBI walks in. He's like, "Hey, I'm Herbert Hoover. <laughs> Give me your." I just had a customer <laughs> ask for a specific. We don't even let like you ask for specific staff members. Yeah. Like we always take the information and like investigate before we send anyone out to mm -hmm. you. And I had a guy in the other like literally yesterday and he asked for a specific staff member and I was like I'll take down your information and find out if they're available and he's like what and I was like I will take down your information and then I will check and see if that staff member you've requested is available he's like oh, I've never had to do that before and I was like I'm, I'm sorry but that's library policy well this is when you go well sir you're actually a man and you've never been a woman before so <laughs> and also right before that he goes yeah um, I'm looking for a Burnett librarian uh, perhaps really cute with glasses <laughs> do you have any with short skirts I was like, I don't see what the problem is. <laughs> and so I went in the back and I checked and this person was not available. So mm -hmm. I came out and I told him, I was like, I'm sorry, they're not available. And he was like, okay, how about this person? I said, I will check and see if they're available. <laughs> so I went in the back and that person was also unavailable. Mm -hmm. I came back out and I said, I'm sorry, they're also unavailable. Is there something I can help you with? And he said, he said, look here, I'm a regular I've been coming to this library longer than you've been working at this library. That can't be true because your building's brand new, sir. <laughs> ah, you kind of got them on a technicality. You're like, this building just opened a few years ago. <laughs> got you. And, and I don't understand why I can't get help when I want it from who I want it from. And Ooh. I was just, you know, I had to explain to him. I was like, I'm really sorry, sir, but they're busy. I can help you if you want. I got, I got yelled at five different times yesterday by customers yeah um uh two of them were over masks <laughs> yeah there was that one and then there was another one. Oh, there's a guy who wanted to not wear his shoes in the library and i had to tell him he had to wear his shoes and he but was... then he told you actually i read the cdc website and shoes actually aren't and i saw an article on c-span once a guy did tell me that um apparently the supreme court says that he doesn't have to wear a mask in the library <laughs> I'm pretty sure that that was that wasn't a recent ruling, but um, and then a, there was another guy who tried to argue with me about like materials we have in the library. He said that we didn't buy books by specific types of authors, and I was like, we absolutely do. And he was like, no, you don't. And I was like, I can show you the books. <laughs> and it was, woo, it was a day, man. There's something in the there's something in the air. <laughs> um, for, for listeners, um, we ask you, be nice to your local librarians, oh, please. Um, and a lot of people, I check think on your librarian friends, we are not okay right now. 
I mean, it's true. You know this, Tess. I'm actively looking for an escape route. <laughs> I got to figure out small yeah. business loans, but I'm going to do it. You know? Yeah, your your librarian friends are not okay. You should check in did, with all Did I tell them. you I saw um, a baby story time the other day? I was walking by and they had a baby story time going on in the library. And I looked through the window and you know what I didn't feel? any hey. urge to be in that room yeah. zero I looked in that room and I was like hmm and I kept walking and I said screw you babies I didn't say that they were very cute but I was very glad to not be dancing for them you know my dancing days are over now I'm a now I'm just a old angry husk of a human no I actually I'm not climbs ice I'm just an, I'm just an ice climber man I'm just an ice climbing man. And that's what they said about this ice climbing man. What are we talking about, Tess? Well, we were talking about how Coop gets the address. Thank you. And that's why you shouldn't do it. That's right. For the that's record, right. guys, I'm not, an, I'm not an old husk. I'm just a different human now. That's all. The next thing he does is he goes to her house. Um, we see an electric pole outside. It's always notable when we see an electric pole. Um, mm-hmm. And this waitress that he's been looking for looks like Laura. That's who comes to the door. It's, uh, um, and she's like, who is it? Who are you? And he's like, that's the FBI. And she's like, did you find him? Um, Billy. We're looking for Billy still. Where is he? (laughs) Oh, we skipped over something earlier when Chad was trying to, no. It's not important, but I'm going to mention it. When Chad was trying to escape, Billy starts tearing all the stitches and the skin out of his face. Remember? Yeah, he did. That was gross. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. I probably blocked that out of my memory. Yeah, it was pretty <laughs> gross. That. It back. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. It was. He was really digging his fingers in there, you know. <laughs> Which, once again, Tess, you're probably not going to be surprised to hear this. I liked it. It was great. Ooh, I'm sure you did. I it did. I did you. <laughs> I'm the kind of guy. Well, I don't know if it excited me that way, but um. <laughs> I'm the kind of guy I like, like I got this real bad, um, what's it called? Like a hang now or a cuticle. And I got a lot of exposed, um, like red skin. You know what I do? Get a little bit of that sanitizer or an alcohol or or an alcohol wipe. Ooh, put it right in there, bad boy. Mm, I love it. I love (laughs) it. I really do. I do. You know, um, basically she's trying to explain to him you you have the wrong house i'm not laura palmer i'm carrie page and she's got a southern accent um so this this person has been living in texas for for a while Mm -hmm. um and cooper's like no your father is leland your mother is sarah and she's like sarah what's going on um and he tells her i want to take you home and she says, normally I would slam the door in your face, but I actually need to get out of town anyway. Um, so uh, um, I'm going to go with you. Right. And then um, she's like, where, where are we going? And he's like, oh, we're going to Twin Peaks, Washington. And she's like, is that a ways away? Cause she needs to like, well, she, she to figure at, out at first like, she says, what to pack. She says DC and he goes state and she goes, is that far away? You know, it's a very cute scene. Um, uh, It's cute. And then, but public schooling in Texas, not a, maybe skip geography class a little bit, you know, but then this seems cute, but then Coop walks in and there is a dead body with a bullet in the head. 
yeah. like just like chilling in Carrie Page's house. Mm-hmm. Page, by the way, I thought was an interesting name because what was missing from Laura's diary? A page. A page. Just hmm. one page? I don't know if it was just one page, or <laughs> but I don't know. I just thought it was interesting that her name was Carrie Page. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's yeah. also... There's also a white horse on the mantle. Yeah, yeah. And and then she's like, do I need a coat? I got a couple, but I don't have any food. Like, we're going to eat food on the road trip, which was giving me, like, real Chantal vibes. There. Like, we got to stock up on Cheetos before we get out of town. Um, and then there's a phone ringing, but we never answer the phone. It just keeps ringing. Um and then she's like, are you really the FBI? And he shows her his badge. Um, and then and then this is where we have a lot of night driving. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, by the way, I thought this was interesting. So um, we are in Odessa, Texas. And um, I was curious if that was like, uh, significant in some way. So I just Googled the term Odessa Twin Peaks and I found out mm-hmm. <laughs> that there is a there is a restaurant chain or actually a restaurant chain, um, which is like a Hooters style restaurant where the main attraction is really the, um, the bodies of the female workers at the restaurant called oh. Twin Peaks. There's a restaurant called Twin Peaks, and it's and the it um it wait, started wait, in it started wait, in Odessa, Texas. What do you call? Wait, what's it called? It's called a restaurant. <laughs> what is a restaurant? It's a restaurant where you look at breasts. This is apparently a thing. <laughs> like bare breasts. It's like called a Hooters. topless bar, right? No, no, no. Like Hooters. Like you know when you go to Hooters, like you're not really going there for the food. You're going there to like look at the girls. Which is no, fine. I've never heard a, of this. It's what? a private business. They can do what they want. And I don't think actually hiring people based on their looks is, uh, I don't think that that's illegal. So like it, it's a thing, it exists. But um, I thought it was interesting that the Twin Peaks restaurant like started in Odessa, Texas. Okay, Tess, I'm going to floss. Yeah. Oh, by the way, thank you for your research. That was a very Yeah, exciting. you're welcome. And also, by the way, in 2015, there was a gunfight at a Twin Peaks <laughs> restaurant. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Give me one second. Okay, I have an idea. I'm just going to float it to you. You tell me what okay. you think. All right. Um, a brewery. It's a library you go to where you look at breasts. Okay. Is it like Hooters? Is it like, it's just a library? It's just that all of the workers are scantily clad? Is that what it is? Yes. But the thing is, I don't want it just to be women. It should be everyone. I want to be scantily clad too. So, um, an, uh, sc- scant brary, scantily clad. Anyway, I'm just saying, maybe we'll... What get, a what a novel idea. Maybe yeah. we'll <laughs> you know what? Go ahead and pitch it to your director for me, please. Okay, cool. Let him let him know it was for me. That's what that's what Ben Franklin envisioned when he first came up with the and that's what Andrew Carnegie was really like exactly. hoping for when he funded all those public libraries. They're like first we'll it's get him in with, leading up to this. <laughs> we'll get you in with the books, 
and then you stay for the looks. Oh, no, Thank it's you. get you in with the looks. You stay for yeah, the books. You stay that, for the books. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I yeah. Like I, I think that's, that's actually going to be the next summer reading motto, actually. <laughs> it's uh, this year. What's the theme this year in Maryland? Ooh, I forget already. I don't remember. I don't know. I think in Virginia. I'll tell you next time. Yeah, I think in Virginia it's camping or something. It's really weird. Yeah, I don't know. But word on the street is um, summer reading program. The um, theme for Virginia libraries in 2023 is going to be breasts. So, <laughs> man, Loudoun County is so controversial. <laughs> they go crazy, man. They go crazy. Yeah, it's breasts. The, we actually call the. Um, well, it doesn't matter. Okay, continue. <laughs> oh, I had something that I noticed that I don't know if this is significant or not, but because of your theory about the Twin Peaks universe mm-hmm. being separate from the universe that you and I and David Lynch live in, um, the they stop at a gas station, a Valero gas station, which is an actual gas station. I think all of the gas stations we've seen on the show so far have been fictional gas stations like Big Ed's um, Gas Farm, but this is an actual gas station that you could go to. Um, and I don't know. I just thought that was interesting. Does that um, Judy restaurant exist in real life? Um, probably not. Uh, but wow. What if it does? Are you looking it up right now? Eat at Judy's Odessa, Texas? I am. Mm. Eat at Judy's. Eat at Judy's in Odessa, Texas. Let's what see. Is it, is it a real place? Let's see. The scenes at Eat at Judy's were filmed. Oh, so effing close. Filmed at Eat at Rudy's. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, we were this close, but that's still significant, right? Yeah. And I don't know, maybe that was just a, like, I don't know, we were filming at this gas station and I didn't feel like changing the name or whatever, but I don't know. I thought it might have some significance. Well, I kind of thought without, I mean, I know we haven't gotten to mysteries yet, but I've kind of thought that this was the, as close to the real world as we're going to get. Well, it's so interesting that you say that because I have some more coming up for you that might blow your mind if you didn't already know. Um, so all of this night driving, lots of silence, these scenes that you love. Those I do. There. There's a really good shot of Laura from the outside of the car. Like it's, you're uh-huh. looking at the side of the car. In fact, you're actually looking at the back seat of the car. Like the focal point is the back seat. And then she's off to the side on the, <laughs> on the side. And she's just struggling to stay awake, which is yeah. great because it's mimicking how the viewer feels watching these scenes. <laughs> and I mean that as, as a guy who loved these scenes, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. She's like drifting off to sleep. She's kind of talking nonsense. Um, they arrive in Twin Peaks. They drive past the RR Diner, which there is an RR Diner in Twin Peaks. I think it's called Tweed's Cafe or whatever, but the people who own it have kind of kept it in the same condition that it looks like on the TV show. So it's kind of a tourist attraction. If you're ever in that area, you can That's eat cool. at the RR Diner. Um, as they're driving through town, Coop asks Laura, slash Carrie if she recognizes anything and she says no um 
and then they they get out at they arrive at the palmer house and they get out and he takes her hand and they approach the door and they knock and a woman answers and it's not sarah palmer some other woman and coop introduces himself as the fbi and he asks for sarah palmer and she has no idea who he's talking about um and he's like do you own this house she's like yeah i own this house and he's like well did you buy it from sarah palmer and she's like no i bought it from mrs chalfont and he was like and who did she buy it from and he's and she's like consulting someone else in the house like she's answering like whenever he asks her question she's like hun do you know who we bought the house from no i don't know who miss chalfont bought the house from um and then he asks what her name is. And she says, my name is Alice Tremont. Mm -hmm. It's notable that the names Tremont and Chalfont have been used on the show before. They've both been used with um, the characters of the old woman and her grandson um, who does magic. Wait um, a second. Wait a second. <laughs> Highlight her place. Which one? Um, <laughs> the one at the door in the real life. The door. Okay. Yeah. Now and the person behind the door because I know who it is. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Well, here's something that's crazy. I think is crazy. I the think I looked this up. I think I actually know what this is. The Continue. woman playing Alice Tremont is Mary Reber, who actually owns that house. So the person saying, mm -hmm. I own this house. I don't know who you're talking about. It's my house is the person who owns the house. Mm -hmm. um, and so they say goodnight because what else is there to say at that point? And they start walking away. They turn around to look at the house and Cooper says, what year is this? He goes, what year is this? Yeah. And then you faintly hear someone yell for Laura. Mm -hmm. And Laura screams her like blood curdling scream yeah. that she's so good at. It's and a then, great scream. And then we see an electric flash. Mm -hmm. It goes black. And then the credits roll over that image of Laura whispering to Coop in, into Coop's ears in the red room. And that is the end of Twin Peaks, The Return. Yep. And just like that, we received all the answers. It was <laughs> it was phenomenal. Um, let's go ahead and talk about some mysteries. Let's talk about it. That'd be one of the last times we play that, actually. True. We'll do it for the book too, but that'd be like one of the last uh one of the last times we do that, you know. Yeah. Um Judy slash Jido or Jaldo, I forget how they pronounced it. What did you have to say about that? You had me highlight it. Um, yeah, so uh so we know that Major Briggs figured out what this thing was, right? And we know that Major Briggs like traveled around through time. Or I don't I don't 
know if it stated that he knew what it was, just that it existed and he was going to go to wherever it was. It was and that a, it's some kind of negative entity. I mean, that's what it is, right? I so, yeah. <laughs> Do we need any more answers? <laughs> I don't know. I kind of wanted some more answers about it. My theory is that Judy uh-huh. is the mother of monsters that they were trying oh. to summon in the secret history and that and that's when she gives birth to bob that's because that's what she does she makes monsters that's my theory about her i like that theory she's the mother of monsters and then she's the the one that shows up in the box right yeah um sure let's go with that okay um you had something to say about tammy reading off the exploits of dougie jones yes i think that's what all that complicated technology in that room is it's somehow like super because in like one second she was like oh he was uh you know he put his fork in a socket and he did this and those should be all different databases right like one's a medical <laughs> one one's a this one one's a that one like one's a police oh, record wow. one's an insurance one and she looked it all up right away yeah wow i love that i i love that theory that's what all that machinery was for. that's what it's for to look all that stuff up yeah nice it's just like running multiple databases yeah. like and you i guess you would you would need a lot of hardware in order for that to to happen yeah yeah, yeah. um what did you have to say about Jerry, Jerry Horn's long, strange journey? Um, I think his binoculars killed Richard. I oh, really? really? You do yeah, think I think the was? whole time he was looking at him and I think that's what killed him. Um, and I'm sticking to it. Prove me wrong, guys. I wonder if Jerry will ever be the same after this. I mean, he thinks he murdered someone. Yeah, that's it. Like, is he ever going to come off of this high and be normal again? Is my or has this like permanently damaged his brain somehow? Well, you know what he needs a butter and free sandwich to get him straight, you know? <laughs> that's it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's I, think I, he, I think he's going to be okay. We don't know how long it's been. Maybe it hasn't been that long. I mean, he did wander really far, right? He did. It seems like it's been days, but maybe yeah. it hasn't. Remember that maybe time he didn't trust hours. his Remember that time he didn't trust his foot? That was yeah, exciting. <laughs> We've all been there. How right? can we forget? Yeah, I mean, it happens to me like on a weekly basis. Is that my foot? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, you had something to say, and I really can't wait to hear oh. about the face superimposed on the screen. I know I've been saying this for a while, but I'll continue saying it. This show is beautiful representation of 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 film art it is phenomenal and to me this is the one thing that was crystal clear as you know i am a uh um uh, i dabble in meditation and mm-hmm. i knew exactly tess i knew exactly what this was so this is i don't know if there's a name for it there probably is but it is that moment when you can see yourself and you can see everything clearly but not through your own eyes. Like that moment where imagine that you walk up to Brett, right? And instead of seeing Brett through your eyes and all the stuff you're thinking about and you know, you're thinking about work and you're thinking about this, imagine that you see yourself as your husband sees you, right? Mm-hmm. Or as someone I walk into my house and I'm like, "Oh, it's so messy." But then if I look at it objectively, I see a house filled with 
toys, right? That my daughter loves to play with. And I see a man who's a good dad who is really tired and did a great job for bedtime, even though, you know, all that. And I think that's what's happening. He, we've been talking about like Cooper going on this, like this journey of like enlightenment and somehow, and I know we highlighted Nido as well, somehow either stopping Bob or him connecting with Nido, because we know Nido is important, somehow triggered that. I mean, I guess, when did he have the face? It was right before Nido, right? Or was it, it when was, he touched Nido? It was Nido? right when he looked at Nido. Yeah, so something to do with Nido. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, I know that moment. I mean, we've all been there. And that moment where it's like, you're seeing yourself, like you see it. And so you're talking and you're not in in that moment. You can see the whole picture, so to speak. So, and that sticks around for a little bit. Mm, yeah. Pretty straightforward. Did you have something, did you have to say something about Nido other than that was the trigger for the, for the epiphany, I guess? Nido is Dick Tremaine in a wig. So <laughs> I don't know. Now, I think Nido is a creature from another dimension. And I think a lot of David Lynch's stuff is the thing is the answer. So for example, I think Jeffrey's is that device, Right. Let's not worry about it too much. And I think Judy is a negative energy that makes babies or whatever. Okay. And Bob is Bob and he's bad. And I think Nido is Nido. And the world she lives in is the one that Coop visited where there was like that weird house and, and the ocean and all that. And the one thing that connects all these different universes is electricity for whatever reason. It's like a core part of, energy you know and maybe the matter is different but electricity is still the same so he was able to get from these places through electricity in some weird way but nido transformed into diane or did yeah. they like switch places maybe you know maybe what? nido went back to wherever she was before and you know it's so funny when i saw that scene i didn't see it as her transforming into diane oh that's what i that's what yeah. I thought happened. I, I thought she went away and then Diane came back. Oh, I mean, maybe that's what happened. Maybe, but if she transformed into Diane, I don't also, know. Also, I was a little confused I don't know what that means. because Andy is so insistent that they protect Nido because someone's coming for her. I don't know who was coming for her. I guess Bob, right? Or I guess. Cooper. I don't know. He didn't seem like intent on, well, I don't know. Well, you know why? Because he had Freddie there. And Freddie <laughs> stopped him. Yeah. Freddie fulfilled his destiny with that glove. He sure did. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, you have something to say about them kind of hesitating before driving, asking, what, Diane asking, are you sure you want to do this? I think two things are going on here. One is, let me think about this. So I'm on the fence about this when they're in the road and it's still daytime and they park. I think they're already in as close to the real world as we're going to get. And when she's talking about, are you sure you want to do this? So when we cross that things will be different. I think we've been led to believe when someone says something that dramatically, we mean like physically crossing like a tree or a path, or even he's standing there feeling the electricity. I think they're just talking about, doing that sexy spell you know oh okay like things will be different you know 
Oh, okay. Mm. All right. Or actually then, at first, then maybe I interpret it too, as maybe it's like things will be different. Like, Hey, we really like each other, but then, you know, once we bang, things might be different, you know? <sighs> so kiss me now things might be different and it looked like neither one of them enjoyed it. So things are going to be different now, you know, is that, is that what you had to say about once we cross, it could all be different. Yeah. <laughs> you know right. I mean? Cause sometimes that is true. Like you're like, Oh man, this is great. And Oh man, I can't wait. And Ooh, you know, and then it's like, Oh, well, that's that. So <laughs> I guess that's what you look like naked. Huh? I guess um, the mystery is better than I thought it would be. And look at your <laughs> your face oh also i i did think um when she was covering his face yeah i thought my first thought about that was that um she didn't want to see his face because booper raped her that's what i was thinking oh and so like like that remind that would remind her so that's why she covered his face there's that i also thought because the note that she writes she says that she doesn't want she's not going to be with him anymore because she doesn't recognize him anymore I thought, like, what if, like, kind of mid-sex, she realized, I don't know who this person is. Like, I don't, I don't recognize him anymore. I'm going to cover his face to complete the spell because we have to do that. But I don't want to look at him because it's creeping me out because I don't recognize who that person is anymore. Like, I don't know if they transformed into new people. Like, do they look like other people, right? Yeah. And also, there was the Diane in the car and then the Diane behind the pillar. And, oh, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I felt like that was not that we had, um, I think that was another, because we have a few in the show, like duplicates, like people Uh are like, oh, and I think that's all referencing like the real world, right? Like that, that there's a person playing her, right? Mm -hmm. You know? I don't know. Um, is that what you had to say about that? Yeah, that was a great scene, by the way. Very good. Not what? enough sex. A great scene. Not enough. Not enough sex scenes where people physically cover the other person's face. <laughs> very, very exciting. <laughs> the first one I've ever seen. Yeah, it might be. Now that I think of it, it might be. You know, yeah, it might be. Oh, um, terrifying. It was great. And then, what do you have to say about? Alice Tremond and the man that she's talking to. Okay. So I think to Cooper, whatever happened, he had somehow gone back in time, right? And prevented Laura from dying. And then one would presume, I guess, if, but it's more than that because he didn't just prevent her from dying, he like took her out of that place right like if he prevented her from dying she should have gone home eventually and met with you know which would have been messed up because eventually he would have killed her anyway you know so he like took her out of that timeline and so then i think the last thing he had to do because mission accomplished he did it was to find her again because leland asked her to i asked him to so i think he was i think his plan was to find her and bring her and i thought i think he expected to see like good Leland, like a Leland without Bob in him and Sarah <laughs> and like, Hey, you know, you're living this not great life where you like murdered a man and someone's missing. And I am assuming that call was from a, uh, uh, like, you know, some, I don't know if it's drugs or what, you know, someone, or maybe a bad, um, manager at the restaurant or something like that. But, um, so anyway, I think he, his thing was, he was going to take her home. And when she gets there, 
she's not at home. Why? Because it's the real world and he's disoriented and behind that door. So if that's the grandma, right? In this world, right? Like, you know how we're talking okay. about doppelgangers? Then gotcha. We, like the we alternate know- universe. Thank you. Tremond. Gotcha. And we know that her grandson, I think, is alternate universe David Lynch. Behind that door, I think, was David Lynch. Oh. Yeah. So then they go down and Cooper's like, I don't know what's going on, man. You know, for once he does not have the answer. Right. And he goes, what year is this? Which is really interesting because what year is it? I don't know. And then I think they made it to the, I think they made it to all appearances, the real world, as real as we can be. Right. And even though they made it to the real world, even when they get to the real world, Monica Bellucci's walking around, all that fun stuff. Mm-hmm. It's still not the real world, right? And so whatever was looking for Laura, which I think for some reason in my head, I think it's the thing inside Sarah. I really do. Okay. I, think, I think finds her. Is that the same thing as Judy? I don't think so. I think, okay. one's, a, I think one's a horse. And I think, <laughs> I think the thing that we thought she could escape from found her even in the quote unquote real world and then she freaks out and i think the world ends i think the world ends because the show ended you know so the the world of twin peaks ended yeah because david lynch the show show is over yeah and i think it's like they're aware of it yeah the show ended so then the world ended. so brett's theory yeah tell me brett what's up when you hear, you faintly hear someone say, Laura, um, before she screams. Brett's theory is that this has all been a dream. Everything. The, I like original, that. the original series, The Return, it's all the dream, the crazy, messed up, weird dream of a girl who's been abused most of her life. And she's dreamt that she died because she wants to escape um, the, her reality, but she hasn't escaped. And that someone calling Laura, that's her mom calling her to like wake waking up, her up, wake up to go to school. Like none of it happened. She has to go to school now and keep living her life and keep getting raped by her father. Um, and that all of the electricity that we see throughout the entire series are her, the synapses in her brain. Ooh, like, I like that. Well, I thought brain. that's what the, I thought that's what the tree looked like. Remember? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it looked like a brain. Yeah. 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 So that's, um, that's Brett's theory. That's a good know. theory. I actually, I love the idea because it does feel very dreamlike. Like it has this dream logic to it, right? Like, Oh, that kind of makes sense, but it kind of doesn't. Like the perfect example, like when Bobby throws the thing down and listens to it, and it's like that's, uh-huh, not, that's yeah. not how anything works. But in the dream, it made sense, right? You know, yeah. Like you've you've had those kinds of dreams where you wake up and you're like, that but didn't make any the sense. Thing, that's though, not how the world works. The thing about that though is, if all of this has been a dream, then maybe even Leland raping her. Maybe uh, her doing dr- like all of it's a dream, right? Maybe it's, it's got all a dream. Yeah, which I kind of like that better because then maybe it's just she's maybe it's she's just like a normal girl who goes to school and she's the prom queen and she's dreaming that her life is way more interesting than it actually is. Or maybe the whole episode 
or the whole show has been Cooper's dream and he's been dreaming that he was Laura. Uh, <laughs> maybe. Maybe. That would be even weirder. I remember for the longest time, well, yeah, I guess the longest time back before the third Matrix movie hadn't come out yet. Uh, and we thought that would be the last one, Matrix Revolutions. I used to always have this ongoing joke that the final scene would be Keanu Reeves waking up and just going, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how it is when he flies away, you know. <laughs> so good. Um, yeah. Those are all I, the mysteries, man. I don't know. So. Yeah, we don't know. And that's okay. The thing, oh, one more thing too, is the final scene... Be, between by the way that that whole from the moment he finds not laura to the end is wonderful it is so slow it is slow and i know because i remember i, I was really into lost and now i'm kind of like i don't know i kind of have this moment of like this is going to sound bad to me but if it's not a continuing world like for example like star wars is continuing right Harry yeah. Potter, Harry Potter still continuing. Yeah, right? they still yeah. make Harry Potter stuff. Yeah. yeah. And so I have a hard time of always being like, well, anyway, I was really into Lost. Lost is a continuing. So I haven't watched it in a long time, but I was really into it at the time. And I remember watching that last episode being like, oh man, there's only 30 minutes left. There's only, you know what I mean? 30 minutes to give me the answers. I got 10 minutes left. Give me the answers. I got two minutes to give me the answers. And like, I, I knew like watching this, like if I thought I if, the, if I thought there was a chance of getting answers and it'd be so stressed out. Anyway, all I have to say is the final scene of her whispering in his ear during the credits. I think that's her giving him the answer, right? She's yeah. telling him the thing that makes sense. He's, she's telling him the thing that we don't know. And the reason David Lynch didn't tell us is because it's, it's not his damn job to tell us the answer. It's our damn job to find the answer, right? It's like the matrix, right? No one can tell you what the matrix is. You have to see it for yourself, right? Just like I can, just that experience of being like out of body or whatnot. I can't ever tell anyone. Like we have this whole podcast called Same Team, y'all. It's great. We have a good time, but here's the deal. If I walked up to someone and was like, hey, buddy, maybe don't be a racist. I'm not going to be changing anyone's mind. Someone has to walk that path. There's a difference between mm -hmm. knowing the path and walking the path. And David Lynch is like, no, I can't tell you. I can't because it won't make any sense. So you have to figure it out on your own. And that's why this show is great. It's a great show. Fantastic. In conclusion, good show. Good show. Um, do you have a quotable quotation for this finale? <laughs> do you want to just play, do you want to just play the music anyway? <laughs> well, I do. I do, but I couldn't, um, I might actually, I do, but I couldn't, I did well, here, let me just play the music. Oh, yeah. This is one of the last times we're going to play this. Stopped it. Okay, let's take a look at this. Um... You want me to talk about my favorite quote? If you could do yours first, just because I had a hard time finding, I mean, I had one. I just had a hard time finding it. So okay. what I might do is I feel like I might be able to find a clip off YouTube and maybe I'll just okay. play it. So you, right. you continue, please. 
I think my favorite quote from the episode is, what year is this? And Uh the reason I really like it is because we've had this kind of theme of, is it future or is it past throughout the whole series? And that never really made sense to me, but there's so much of Twin Peaks that isn't supposed to make sense, you know what I mean? Um, So I kind of just chalked it up to that, but um when Coop asks what year is this he's literally asking is it future or is it past like I don't know what time it is um which I I find I love that that kind of ties into that and I also love that the original series ended on a question how's Annie um and we never got the answer to that question. <laughs> or do we? Maybe it's in the final dossier. We'll have to find out. But <laughs> but um, I love that this also ends on a question. I just feel like it makes um, it just it just makes sense for Twin Peaks, which is such a show that is so mysterious and and so, you know, filled with these enigmatic symbols and uh imagery for it to end on a question is just perfect because you know that's David Lynch you know like go ahead ask the questions you know try to find the answers I'm not like you said I'm not here to give you the answers I think it's so interesting because the so so just recently so at my library in my in my teen area um we have an art gallery and um, since I've joined the team just a few months ago, we haven't had any art, right? Like we have to reach out and be like, hey, local schools or, you know, whatever. Do you have a project or would you like to do this? Or should we have a contest? What are we doing? And it hasn't been super high on my list of priorities or to better yet, um, to be more accurate, it's high on my list, but everything's high on my list of priorities. <laughs> anyway, to put a little, put a little bandaid on the situation, I asked my staff to make art like hey guys make art and i know it's not comfortable but do it and then i ended up saying it's optional but then they were real sweet because they could tell i didn't want to be the only one who made art and so they all made art anyway someone made a joke and they said here here's my bad art and i know no one wants to hear me like go on my thing but i said what does first of all adults we're like oh i do everything wrong look at this it was a beautiful painting of like notes and watercolors is very soothing anyway i was like what does bad art mean right and i think what's so interesting is that um usually when i'm looking for quotes or if i'm kind of searching every once in a while I'll search i try to not search too much twin peaks stuff because i don't want to be spoiled now as time goes on it's going to be weird to be able to read whatever i want about twin peaks yeah um, <laughs> but it's weird because like right now i was i was looking up the um something i was trying to find like my favorite quote and i see that like people seem to be at the time treating this like a regular TV show, which it is not. So for example, (laughs) like a regular TV show, like let's say I love Mandalorian, but like Mandalorian, I would find like uh, a review for it on IGN, right? Like, oh, it got this many points because it was this entertaining, right? That's how we measure success, right? Yeah. Was that a good movie? is code for, was it entertaining? Right. You know, sometimes for certain things you might say, was that a good movie? And I'm like, well, it was 12 years of slave. 
I don't know if it was entertaining, but it was a good movie. So certain right. things, you know, um, and anyway, I'm here looking and it looked like some people were trying to treat this like a, like a show, like an actual TV show to be like, oh, like I'm looking here. Here's I'm on GameSpot Universe 2017, um, seasons three, part 17 and 18 finale recap. Like, what is the point? Like, no, Mandalorian. Okay, recap. What happened? Oh, my God. You know, this but person showed up. Because um, I lived through that time, I can tell you that every single week, everyone was trying to figure it out. Yeah. I- I feel like the wisdom I've arrived at now is like with time and with multiple viewings and with experiencing it through your eyes as well. I feel like at the time I was watching it like come out the return. I was trying to figure it out. I was like, when is this all going to make sense? Surely. And even, even respected Twin Peaks scholars, such as the Rapton podcast guys, even they were like, now this week, this is the week where it's all going to make sense. I can feel it. I can feel it coming. Um, and I, I think we were all trying to figure it out. And there were so many people <laughs> when it ended that were like, are you kidding me? Well, I texted you. I texted <laughs> you this morning and I was like, I saw that ending and I could only guess what people thought about it. But not to be that guy, but I predicted that we weren't going to get answers, right? Yeah. And I also, not to say I saw that ending coming, not exactly, but I saw a, like a, what the what the WTF moment, you know, like a, and that's the way it ends. And I kind of felt that that was going to happen. Um, and boy, did it deliver. Oh, God, it's so good. <laughs> and because it's important to note, I think, that it's not just that she screams and then the lights shut off, like, the world shuts off like the lights shut off and then oh here i've got it here can i do screen share right now let's do this because so. we're still on the quotes right we kind of went on a yes. little tangent yeah. let me do i'm gonna bring up screen share real quick and you know what this is one of our last episodes we could just play the final scene is that okay sure it's i i, I really love that final scene here let's hit this and uh it's been so long since so i've had to do this let's see Okay. You tell me when you can see my screen. Do you see anything? I see it. Do you? Okay, cool. Yeah. Let's hit this. This is the final scene. This, oh, by the way, all of this is my quote. Okay. I love this so much. Yes. FBI. It doesn't even sound I'm like special him. Special Agent Dale Cooper. Is Sarah Palmer here? Who? Sarah Palmer. No, there's no one here by that name. And he's like so sure he's at the right place, mm-hmm. you know? Do you know Sarah Palmer? No. Is this your house? <laughs> do you own this house or do you rent this house? Yes, we own this house. Who did you buy it from? Oh, God. So this is called grasping at straws, right? Like, this is just like, who did you buy it from? And let me ask you this, Tess. Do you know who you bought your house from? Off the top of your head? Do you know the name of the person? I do, actually. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. Is this, is this Sarah Palmer? <laughs> no. It was Josh Newberry. <laughs> was it really? 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I still get mail for him sometimes. That's why I know his name. I know the owner of the person who owned my house before me, but that's just because his no, name I was don't. Dave Smith. But... Like, how could I forget Dave Smith? <laughs> Dave Smith, if you were listening, I don't know what you did to the dishwasher, man. <laughs> no. God. This is also a really good example of... Uh, um characters behaving in ways that david lynch thinks humans behave like like if if this really if these people really showed up at your door you wouldn't be just like calmly answering questions you'd be like um can i see some identification please well even that's okay even like carrie page like she would have she would have like said something or she's just looking at him yeah and he doesn't have the answers i mean i guess he saved her in a way, right? Um, but I think the ending shows that he didn't really. Whatever was trying to get her got her, you know? Except for audio listeners, they're walking down the stairs. <laughs> they're walking slowly down walking. the steps. They are going back. Look, look at their steps, though. They're in sync. They out are. And in, out, and yep. in. I noticed that, too. The metaphor. <laughs> for things, a metaphor. Have you ever heard of Auntie Donna? No. No? Okay. When we're done, th- we'll stop recording and we'll watch one scene from Auntie Donna because it makes me so happy. It made me think <laughs> of something real quick. Okay. I, I love how much the show lingers. Like, we're just staring mm-hmm. at people. Yeah. Now we're staring at a house. Well, and, and I love that feeling of he's walking to his car. There's a destination. He's walking to the house. There's his destination. But now he walks into the road and he's just like, what do I do now? Yeah. What do I do? It's like the story ran out. Like the story stopped. He's like, now what do I do? And he's like feeling with his hand or something. Yeah. What year is this? So good. We're getting some like wind and wishing. She's so good, by the way. Yeah. Nobody does a blood curdling scream like Shirley. There it is. (laughs) And then I love this. Goosebumps. I have goosebumps. Oh. You hear that? <laughs> I love okay. it. <laughs> okay, I know. Anyway, that's my quotable quotation. Oh boy, let's talk about our MVP. Yes, let's do that. Here, let's hit. Oh, wait, I think I, I did I X out of my MVP music trying to find that? Give me a second. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. So unprofessional. Oh, so, and we can now we get to watch you try to find it. Now you get to watch me find it. Here, wait, wait. Um, ba 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 Okay, who's your MVP? Yes. Do you want to exit out a screen share? Yeah, I do. There we go. Okay. All right. I'll tell you my MVP. Okay. My MVP is Dale Cooper, and this relates directly to that scene we just watched. Mm -hmm. Dale Cooper 
is so determined to save Laura Palmer. Um, it's almost like Jurassic Park. He was so determined to see if he could do it. He never questioned whether he should do it or not. Mm. He's just, and, and in doing so, he's, I think, like destroyed who he is. Like he, he isn't him anymore in this alternate universe. Is it the real world? Is it like another universe? Um, he's not Dale Cooper. He doesn't act like Dale Cooper. He doesn't even sound like Dale Cooper. You pointed that out and uh, he doesn't. And we, we don't see anybody call him Dale Cooper either. Um, the note refers to him as Richard he's calling himself Dale, he's calling himself Dale Cooper and he calls Diane, Diane. So it's almost like he's aware of who he is, but he's not who he is. And then that final moment, I think is where it all comes crashing down. And he, I think maybe realizes, I don't know who I am or where I am or what year it is or what's going on because his entire past has been erased because he messed with it he messed with the timeline and um, he just wanted to save her, but maybe he wasn't supposed to, because if he, if he had saved her, we would never have the TV show Twin Peaks. (laughs) And so he's basically undone the television show, like the whole reason for him, his character existing by, by being the hero. He had to be the hero. Um, And so he's a tragic hero and that's why he's my mvp of the finale in this episode it would be very hard not to give it to coop right i mm-hmm. mean this i mean you can give it to whoever you want <laughs> okay okay um i'll give it to myself i think i've done a really good job so my um my mvp for this episode is myself um i really like the way that i've been highlighting things along the way um and offering uh, bits of uh, theory. Um, and, you know, I'm not always right, but I really try it out. And uh, so I think um, the MVP of this episode, I guess in a way, if that final part exists in the real world, then we are all in that episode, right? Yeah, I guess we are. Yeah. And so you can be the MVP. You know what? This is one of the last episodes. The MVP of this episode is our listeners. You are the MVP. Thank There's- you so much for listening. And you've been a great addition to that episode. Yep. I, and I kind of, honestly, this like ties up really good too, because I, the, the scene where his face is superimposed mm-hmm. is almost like us watching the show. Yeah. Like, and if you notice, like he's got this look on his face when he's superimposed, it's not like a, it's not a static like image. A, oh, yeah. He's yeah. not smiling or anything. It's just like, he's just kind of like, just kind of seriously watching the show, which is, I think, like what all of us were doing. We were all just kind of watching it. And well, it's interesting because I think we are a part of the show, right? You and I and the listeners and the and the viewers, I think we're a part of it. And I think, I mean, how many times have we watched a movie and we're like thinking to ourselves, characters, don't do that. That's stupid. Why did you do uh-huh. that? Why yeah. did you do that? But then throughout our day right like we're 
in the show. We're not able to watch the show. We're in the show. But then I think, and once again, like a lot of this is out of game knowledge. Cause I think I draw a lot on like, Oh, well, David Lynch meditates. So clearly this is what he's doing. David Lynch uses hair gel. So this is what he's doing. David Lynch loves these type of shoes. So this is what he's doing. Um, I think a lot of this is like his metaphor for like transcendence in a way, you know, and time travel and all that fun stuff. And I think that scene with him looking at himself his face over uh, superimposed over it is like us watching him which is like when we're in that zone so to speak we're watching ourselves right and then like let's say i'm in traffic and and there's there's cars in front of me if i'm watching myself who cares that there's cars in front of me right i'm just a guy in a car and if i get mad it seems ridiculous because why am I getting mad? Because there's just cars in front of me and maybe I'm upset because I'm running late for work, but will getting mad change that? Will honking change that? Will clenching my fists change it? But when I'm not watching myself and I'm in the car, of course I get mad, you know? And not to say I'm like yelling like a cartoon character, but we all feel it. You feel it like out of the way, buddy. But then if you're watching it, who cares, man? You know? Yeah. It's like when you're at the library and someone's mad at you and you can't help but think this is so inconsequential. Why are you mad that you, because you want to argue with me about, about we don't have a book that I know that we have. And then I, I, I always, always think to myself, what's going on in your life that you came in and chose to behave in this way? Because I am just a supporting character in that and that person's day, you well, know what I mean? And think of it this way. And like he's he, and he's just a supporting character in my day. Yeah, he's the main character in his day, right? Right. He didn't do right. anything wrong, you know, according to himself, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's really interesting. I find it's really helpful too when dealing with Freya, because Freya's very strong. Which the thing is, if we have any new listeners, I haven't talked about Freya in a while. Uh, she wears hearing aids. So we want her to be strong so she can tell someone like, uh, my batteries are dead. Or excuse me, you need to face me when you're talking so I can see your lips. Or I can't hear you or anything like that. And she's very good at that kind of stuff. The issue is when there's just some things that as a parent, I'm like, just please just do it. Not everything has to be a debate or a conversation, right? And I, I appreciate it. Please question all authority figures that's fine including myself but from time to time just see where i'm coming from and i have to remind myself just like dale cooper looking at himself like i can just do so if i'm in the moment like the if we use the metaphor of the tv show if i'm in the show i'm like hey freya time to get ready for the bus and she's like i can't because i need a blue face mask because today i'm a dolphin and i have a green face mask i'm like that bus is coming uh, you got to get your ass on the bus. Uh, I don't care about these face masks. You got to figure this out. And I'm getting freaked out because I'm in the show. Now, if I'm watching the show, I can do, I can say anything I want that has zero effect on whatever Freya does or says, right? You know? And then once I have that moment where I'm like, okay, she's upset. What could I have done differently? Probably nothing. That guy being upset, what could you have done differently? Probably nothing, you know? And then once you realize that, once you realize just how little of this world we have control over, then life becomes exceedingly simple. And I think that's the point of Twin Peaks. The end. We figured it out. We did it. Okay. How many fish in a park later do you give this episode? 
I have this one. Here he comes. He just came back from fishing. Ooh. That wonderful man. We didn't, I didn't hear it. Oh, oh, you didn't hear it at all? No, no. Oh, that's Here, okay. Just, just do it. <laughs> I feel bad because I didn't have the MVP music, so I want to have at least that. Okay, okay. Here, wait. We've done it long enough. Okay, here, <laughs> pretend to drink your coffee. Wait, wait, fellas, fellas. You don't drink that coffee. You never guess. There was a fish in the pergolator. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. And then he, then uh, do you remember that scene too? Right after the fish in the percolator, he whispered, he goes, it's all about meditation. Like that really quick. <laughs> do you remember that part? Not that scene. Yeah, oh my he, God. he looked right in it and he was like, it's all about. He just looked, he actually looked right into the camera. <laughs> it's all about meditation. And he was like, he just looked into the camera and goes, it's a metaphor. Um, I'll go first. Cause it's going to be obvious. Infinite fish all the way down. It's, it's, an infinite amount of fish inside an infinite number of percolators. Um, and one of the fish I asked, I said, are you a fish? And she said, no, I'm not a fish. I said, do you know the fish that owned this house before you? And she said, no, <laughs> I don't. Um, I think it was called this. I was like, do you know who owned the house before that fish? She goes, no. And then I said, but what year is it? And then I uh, started screaming. So that's how many um, fish in a percolator I would give it. I, I will also give it five fish in a percolator but the percolator is actually philip jeffries and it's <laughs> it's slippery in there because of all the fish he just he keeps slipping on fish that's what's going on slip slipping <laughs> slipping on fish it's agent jeffrey slipping 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 on fish it's the number eight infinity slip slip he's slipping on fish oh, slip 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 i love slip, that slip, it had this been like a 90s blockbuster that would have been the will smith song that went along with it i think about that all the time how <laughs> will smith used to have like songs that went with them and i yeah. often think about um this is why i i'm only the idea man but i can never do it is that i wish that someone could do parodies or do this where will smith you do Will Smith-esque songs to all of his movies. So, like, so when, this is, this is what like I've always- Pursuit of Happiness. Thank you. This is what I've been playing around with. <laughs> it's legend. What? A bag of fans. You better grab those clubs. Getting ready to dance. It's a, what? It's a bag. Legend. A bag of fans. You know, anyway, that's the thing. <laughs> ready to play? I grab my pants. Hey, I, can't, I can't wait to hear the rap for concussion. Like yeah. that's going to be really awesome. Got hit in the head. I'm lucky that I didn't end up dead. You see, <laughs> I'm taking these boys to court today because I got hit and I got to play. They paying me lots of money to shut up. They call me. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> what are you laughing? <laughs> oh, the freestyle skills. I know. I know. So deep, it's so Was it seven pounds? <laughs> I was driving around and I said, what's up? I ran a bunch of people over. Oh, no. Jelly, jelly, oh, jelly. No. Spoilers for seven pound. Jelly, jelly, jellyfish. A jellyfish in the tub. Gotta kill myself because they're gonna get my organs back to myself. Oh, I killed a lot of people in my car. Feeling sad. Don't go far. Gave that man my eyes. I'm gonna give that lady my good thighs. Oh. 
<laughs> jelly, jelly, jelly fish. I said, a, a jelly, jelly, jelly fish. I'm laying, laying down in the tub. Oh, I'm feeling really sad below. Oh, I'm jelly, jelly fish today. And maybe you're going to get my teeth. Hey! <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Will Smith, if you're listening, you're welcome. Yeah, you can have all of these ideas. Um, <laughs> thank you so much, dear listener, for sticking with us for this incredible, strange, and wonderful journey we've been on. Um, we will have two more episodes at least. Um, we are going to read the final dossier, and we will discuss that and then we're just gonna have one little wrap-up episode at the very end where we'll just kind of talk about our feelings about the podcast we'll show off our tattoos so that you can see our tattoos and we have a very special treat for you we are going to have our very own awards show called the Pixies, and you'll be able to vote on it so get hyped for the Pixies. who will win best couple what cringy subplot will win cringiest subplot which roadhouse performance will win best most memorable roadhouse performance yes. and more categories. How, how can the listeners participate in this amazing contest i will be um posting the survey there'll be a survey and you can vote um and i will post it on our twitter feed i will probably also post it some other places on the internet to try to get people to vote. <laughs> yes, can you post it in the show notes for this episode? Oh, I sure can't. Do we do we want to um, uh, already reveal the Pixies or do we want to wait till after the dossier? You episode? know what? Reveal it, Let sister. Rip. Let it Let rip. rip. Let it right. rip. All right. You'll see that in the show notes for this episode and probably for next episode. And um, uh, the voting shall open now for the peak season. We'll, we'll get to, um, so we'll get to talk about the book and then we will reflect on our, our entire podcasting journey. We'll show off our tattoos and we will announce the winners of the peak yeah. on the very last episode of St. Peaks, y'all, maybe. <laughs> and yeah, and maybe. And how about this? For our last episode, not the one where we talk about the book, but the very final one, uh-huh. you and I create something to present about oh, Twin okay. Peaks. So, right. so I might write a poem about Twin Peaks. Mm-hmm. You might sing a song or draw a picture or... Of, of a short story okay yeah All how's right. that, that it could fun. be anything anything okay. in the world yeah um and listeners if you would like to create a work of art about twin peaks you can submit it to us our email is same peaks y'all at gmail.com yep you can email us anything. In fact, if you don't feel like making a piece of art, you can just email us your thoughts. What did you think of the finale? Mm -hmm. What do you think of the show as a whole or just the return? What do you think of me and Leaf? Hopefully you don't mind us if you've been listening to us. It'd be so weird if they were like, I, you know what? The show's good, but I, I really hate the two hosts. (laughs) We're like, well, Thank you for listening is what I would say. Um, I would also say too, is that uh, be kind to your librarians because yeah. they are, they're humans who get punched a lot. 
check on them. Check on them. <laughs> Make sure they're fine. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, this has been an, an amazing journey. Um, and uh, I wanted to say something about that weird sex scene as a closing, but I got nothing. I got nothing. Um, oh, I got one. Hey, what's your name? <laughs> it's Tess. Oh, well, that got weird. I was going to say, I'm going to F you, Tess. <laughs> but I'm not going to. How about, how about we, as a tribute to that scene, we cover each other's faces with oh, our that's hands great. on the that's screen? Great. Okay, there it there is. There we go. And uh, that's the sound of us covering our faces. <laughs> the end. Mm-hmm.